Serving the Depotescu Podcast, I am CJ, and serving the peace, as always, is my hetero mate Rico. What's up, man? Disturbing the peace? I got thrown of a fucking window. What's the fucking charge for getting pushed out of a moving car, huh? Jaywalking? This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What's up? What's up, motherfucker? Um, not too much. I mean, well, yeah, there's some stuff going on. Nothing bad. There's something I want to talk about before we get into tonight's topic. But I, I definitely, uh, otherwise I'm good, you know, so. All right. That's good. I'm a little sore, but yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I had someone walk all over me. They call that a Thai massage. So. Does that come with a happy ending? No. I mean, the happy ending was I was, I was able to walk out on two fucking legs. I well, mean, that, that, that was the happy ending. That is happy. Yeah, that's that's a happy ending. I mean, I've, of sorts. I, mean I have been, I, I've had that, just not at this fucking, not, not at this fucking place. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Let's I, not incriminate ourselves here, shall we? I'm, I'm not incriminating anything. I mean, it, if anything, I was a minor, so like. That's not even better. That's not that's that's not any better. It's not my fault they didn't ID me. <laughs> Moving that, on. That dude had some rough hands. Though, that's all <laughs> I'm going to say. No. <laughs> oh, all right, what's what's going on with you, buddy? Um, uh, well, I'll get to that in a minute because it feels kind of cheap going right into it, especially coming off a bad uh, hand job joke. Um, I'm good. Uh, you know, we're 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 coming. Off of uh, a couple weeks ago, two hundred. I'm still wrapping my brain around that, and more like coming down. Like, yeah, that was a high. It was. It was. It was crazy. But I'm so grateful to everybody that came out, and I've been in touch with a lot of them since, and many of them want to come back individ in, in a more um, uh, compressed, I guess would be the word for it. Uh, you know, coherent. Well, no, it wasn't that incoherent, but a bit, but just a little more like, you know, like more one-on-one. Like I talked to C-Man, he definitely wants to come back in and we want to, you know, do a thing, especially since he couldn't be there for the game itself. So, you know. Sure. Um, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be good to talk to everybody again, but it was great that everyone came and hung out with us and it, it meant the world to me and I, I'm pretty sure to you as well. So. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm, was... I'm always, I'm always thrilled when anybody actually wants to come on and hang out with us. And we didn't get a chance even, to talk. Even as far as fucking friends, you know? Yeah, and we and we didn't get to talk about the last episode because we, uh, we had Jess on. So I wanted to take a second but then just thank everybody again because it really was it really was a lot of fun. And, and I promise we did not rig that. You know? No, we did not. Uh, that know? was... That was entirely unplanned. Kind of like every episode. Yeah, pretty much. Um... I also no, the wanna... episodes are planned. It's just not rehearsed. The outcomes are yes. The outcomes of the episodes are not planned. Is the best way to put that. But uh, we're, um... we're really poor finishers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I wanted to talk about something that that happened today. Um, it's not a bad thing. It's going to sound like a bad thing, but it's really not. I mean, yeah, I, you you're getting all fucking. Like... I I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna try to do this without getting emotional. Honestly, that's it's um there's a there's a local sports talk DJ, um, named Ray Dittinger who retired today. He's he's been doing radio for 21 years. He's been in sports media for 53 years, and okay. he is. One of the most genuine motherfuckers 
on the planet. Like he he is he you know I know you don't listen to a lot of sports stuff, Rico, but I do, and and a lot of those guys are talking heads, and a lot of them go for the hot take and just say something that's controversial to get people to pay attention, right? And that sure. wasn't Ray. Ray was as genuine as you can get. He was as honest as you can get, and he was as blunt as you can get. Like he didn't. You know, you, you know how much I love the Eagles, and and he is known as Mister Football in this town. Mm. Like he he knows all the sports, but football was like the thing. Like the dude, you could give him a year, a position, and a, a, a statistic, and he could give you the number. Like you could say, give me, you know, like it's ridiculous. He's like Rain Man of sports, essentially. But, but yes, without the the um, autism. Yes, without the autism, and and he is just one of the most genuine guys and and I got to be honest and I don't I've never even shared this with you because there's not been really been a need to but I've actually modeled the way I do part of this show after him I I oh. I, tr- I try to be very honest with our audience I sometimes keep things to myself for the sake sake of having some privacy but when we do talk about things, I'm very honest, I'm very open and I'm very genuine about what I have to say. You know, um, Agreed. you know, there's there's times like the game that we were just talking about where, yeah, I said some shit for the purpose of the counterpoints just because I wanted to win the goddamn game. But I some of it I didn't even believe. But that's different because we were playing a game and it was it was defined that way. Right. But mm-hmm. when we, you and I are having a conversation, I very rarely say something to you for the for the sake of just being controversial. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, despite what people think about things like Halloween or whatever, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I gave you my honest opinion. Now, I'm not night ragging on that, but that's probably our most famous one where I, I kind of came out of the shoot guns firing. You know what I mean? And, and, oh, yeah. I, I still have, I still <laughs> occasionally get fucking shrapnel and ricochets and shit. Like, because I never bring it up. You're always the one who fucking brings it up or someone else brings it up to really fuck with me. Right. Well, and I'm not bringing it up to fuck with you. I'm just bringing it up as a as a point of reference that, you know, True. I was I was honest about it. I was genuine or or even about some of the times where like, you know, there'll be a franchise and I like a movie that's not supposed to be the one in the franchise everybody likes. You know, I get a la Predator, or, you know, the order yep. in which I put those or whatever. So um, and, 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 uh, today was his last show and, and he, he said goodbye and it was, it was emotional. And, and the other reason why it was emotional is I didn't really have grandparents growing up. They, they were all past my, my grandparents on my father's side were both passed on by the time I was nine and my, sure. and on my mom's side, I never met my grandmother and my grandfather, uh, passed when I was three. I want to say. So I didn't really have grandparents as long as most people do, you know? Sure. And, and so as, yeah. as such, my grandfather, I called dad. So, <laughs> well, okay. Um, but so, so this guy was the closest thing to a grandparent in well, a roundabout one, way. And, and there were several people in my life like that, but he was one of them, especially in my later years. Like when I, cause I didn't really become aware of him until I was about 20. Because sure. he wasn't, he only been on radio since I was about twenty twenty one. He had been um, newspaper and TV, which he was still doing up until he re- he retired from all three mediums today. Like today wow. was it? Yeah, 
and and he's 75 and he's going to go off and spend time with his grandkids who all play sports so he's going to go watch them play their games for the first right on. for the first time in his life he's going to get to watch them play their games and he was talking about um, how his youngest his two grandsons are the youngest of the bunch they're going to actually teach him how to play Madden and he's actually looking forward to trying to learn how to play Madden, which is kind of neat, you know. So okay, yeah, yeah. So um, big shout out to Ray Dittinger. I doubt anyone that listens to this show on a regular basis knows who that it is, but he was a huge influence. He's one of the biggest influences in the way that I present myself to our audience, and mm-hmm. it's him and several other people. But he he retired today, and I wanted to just take a second. More than a second, I guess, but I wanted to take some time and 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 just say what I wanted to say about him because I I am I don't know what next Saturday ten a.m. is going to sound like when I turn on that show and it's only the one host because it was him and this other guy Glenn and Glenn's great mm-hmm. too. I love Glenn; he's fantastic, Glenn Macnow. But it's always been Glenn and Ray, and next Saturday at ten a.m. it's not going to be Glenn and Ray anymore. It's just going to be Glenn and somebody else they're not gonna have a like bonus host or something like that like I didn't a, know they're, a, like, they're, they said they said next week they're gonna kind of announce what they're doing to replace ray they didn't want to tarnish his time this weekend because his last two shows were yesterday and today and they wanted to give ray his time they'll announce what's going on starting next week so and there have well, been times when ray's been on vacation and glenn's had other people fill in so it's not like he there's not other people that can come in and and sit in at least on a even on a one-off basis next week while they're announcing what's happening. But yeah, well, shit, man, I nominate you. Oh I man, you I know. I there's no way in hell I could fill Ray Dinger's shoes. No way, I couldn't even. Not fill maybe not fill his shoes, but you could definitely fill his seat. No, no. You could be I, a you could be a bench warmer for no, fucking. No, I I'd have a better shot at filling Glenn's uh. Cause, cause you know what, like Ray's not the the you know the you're you're kind of the comedic foil on the show, and I, I mean not that I'm not funny, but you're the funnier of the two of us, I would think, you know. Yeah. Um, there are people that say I'm pretty funny, but just in a very I'm equally as funny, but in a different way. Like my you're, my, you're my, straight my, man funny. My humor is very different than yours is, yeah. but um, and and that's not as a criticism. So I, I I'd be more glaze Glenn's uh position more than Ray. Even though Ray wasn't the comedian, he was more the color analyst and Glenn was the guy that kind of ran the the ship, if you will. Sure. So I got you. Uh but yeah, uh just a big congratulations to to uh Ray Dinger and on his retirement. And I know it's weird to say that because it's like you didn't really achieve anything by retiring <laughs> except you don't mm-hmm. have to do shit every day anymore. But yeah. So I just needed to get that because that it profound. Like I, I will openly tell the audience. I sat here and wept as he was saying mm-hmm. his goodbye. Yeah, it was it was hard. Seeing an icon, you know, sort of retire. I'm sure is is an adjustment. It's what it we is. also, yeah, we also. Uh, we lost two fucking people. Oh, we lost some heavy hitters in music and movies this week. Yeah, to and on and and worse than than Ray, they died. <laughs> Ray's still yeah. with us. Well, um, ironically enough, one of them is another Ray. It's Ray Liotta. That yeah, that yeah. was a complete. And you know, it's becoming this fucking joke that's no longer becoming <laughs> it's funny. It's not funny anymore. Be- I'm laughing because- as I say it, but it's really not. But literally, like, and you guys have listened numerous times. We're like, 
I like someone will die. And I'm like, you know what? I just saw a whole fucking movie about that person yesterday. Yeah. Like great example. Uh, when we did the alien deep dive. Yep. I like around the same time. I think one of the days that like inspired the alien thing was like, I rewatched alien and the next day Yafet Kato died. And I was like, and, th- and that's just one of the many examples, but like that I've said to you and I've said to staff and now both of you are like, I'm like, Oh my God, so-and-so died. They're like, what'd you do? Like, that's really almost unanimous and, and I think, verbatim. What I happens? Think, I think Kateri said it too. Didn't she? More. Uh, no, I think she was like, Oh no, it's Goodfellas is like one of your all time favorite movies. She didn't I, like flat out say, what did you do I, until yeah. I brought it up? Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah it was, I, but weirdly yeah. enough, I did, I was telling a friend of like a friend of mine at work, Hey man, you've never seen Goodfellas. You should fucking see Goodfellas. It's got Ray Liotta. It's got De Niro. Like and the, and, interest, the interesting thing for me is like, I, listen, I understand Goodfellas is what it is. Like I'm not dismissing that in any way, but I will take his performance in field of dreams yeah. over Goodfellas. That's just me, you know. It's definitely a more nuanced, subtle performance in Field of the Dreams than it is in Goodfellas. Goodfellas, he's all over the fucking place because at one point he's, like, on coke and he's coming I, off coke. And I would actually also take his performance. I, you, you're going to sound like I'm making a joke, but I'm really not. I'd even take his performance in Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Him as Tommy Versetti is definitely one of the one of the first times I was aware of like a movie star in a video game because vice city's like early two thousands or something. Yeah, it's, late it's, 90s. It's, yeah. I'm checking now. I was checking for something else uh, anyway. So I'll see if I can find it for you, but it is early. Yeah. It's early in that time frame. And I were, I distinctly remember his, one of his lines being like, I'm innocent. Like I was like, that's fucking, that's Henry that's Hill. Late, yeah. And the weird, I knew all, I also knew Ray Liotta from, you're gonna laugh, but he played Frank Sinatra in a HBO like I saw that at actually I didn't see the movie, but I saw that he played that role. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a it was an adaptation of the rap pack, and it's him, Joe Montaigne as Dean Martin, Don Cheadle as Sammy Davis Jr. Don Cheadle's amazing as Sammy. And I was always highly You've critical. You've talked about of, that before. Yeah. Yeah. But I was always highly critical of Ray Liotta as Sinatra because he looks the part and he has like that kind of he has that Italian American swagger, even though he's not technically Italian American. He's adopted. Yeah. But whatever. I mean, he's Italian. He's just not blood Italian. Um, but like his his way of portraying Frank, which just came off the angry, pissed off, <laughs> possibly bipolar Frank Sinatra. Like it was just like if Henry Hill from Goodfellas sang like Sinatra is kind of how it was. And I was a little critical of it. And I'm also biased because it's hard to portray Sinatra in my in my estimation but all that being said i didn't want the motherfucker to die i thought he 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 did a movie that i also thoroughly enjoyed he was in called smoke and aces and he's got a very subtle like it's a small role but it's an important role and i thought he did a good job in that he's actually teamed up with like ryan reynolds like young we're actually missing his biggest role here which is muppets from space that's that's sure that's his biggest That's his biggest role, for sure. No, but actually, believe it or not, I didn't notice uh, Field of Dreams was before Goodfellas. I, I, you know, I would have sworn it was the other way around, but according to this, 
According to IMDb, it's I mean it's a it's a year apart. Maybe I'm splitting hairs here, but it says eighty nine for Field of Dreams and ninety for Goodfellas. So yeah, I mean Field of Dreams. I I remember. I mean I saw Field of Dreams. I think before I saw Goodfellas, but I saw them both when I was fairly young. Well, I mean, like, like I said, they're, they're like a year. It says eighty nine and ninety, and what we right. don't know without getting into without going into each and looking, is it could be like November of eighty nine and fucking February of ninety. Like I, it could be that close. I honestly think that he filmed Goodfellas first. Oh, that's probable. I mean, how many? How often does that happen? He's filming three things now when he passed. So I mean. Man, the dude is just hard working, even when he's in the grave. And you are, and you were right. It's uh, 2002 for uh, for oh, Vice City. Vice City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I thought you were right, but I was trying to get an exact year for you. Uh, I you know they asked him like why he uh, did Vice City. You know what his response was? Uh, no, but I had a guess. Go ahead. What's the guess? Well, I think he was. Not doing so well popularity wise, so he kind of. I, I thought it was a money thing for him, honestly. He said, "For the money." That's yeah. exactly what he's like. Yeah, for the I, money. Yeah, I mean they 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 pay well for that shit. For the video games, they pay. But I think he kind of kicked open a door for actors, like not to say voice actors aren't actors, but like but screen actors to do more voice work. Yeah, I think I think you're. I don't. He's he's up there. I don't know if he's the guy that did it, but he's certainly one of the first on one of the biggest selling games for sure. Right. Yeah. But by I mean like San Andreas, it brought in like Samuel Jackson. Yeah. 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 And yeah. and then like Godfather had Robert Duvall and James Caan. Yeah, but that see that's different because you're trying to get the you're trying to get that's not uncommon when you're doing yeah. yeah when you're doing an adaptation to try to, to try to get the original actors to come back as opposed to a Tommy Versetti is not Henry Hill it's it's, it's uh, Henry Hill and and fucking Scarface rolled into one. Well, let's but be the honest. point is that it's not but it's not true. his name is Tommy Versetti it's not Henry Hill it's not um it's true. This, the character. thank you although it's close it's, it's close. fucking close yeah. um. I guess the last thing I would ask you about that, uh, about him meaning, about that meaning, uh, Leota is because you saw it and I have yet to have watched it, the many scenes of Newark. I knew you were kind of critical in the film as a whole, but how was he in it? Well, okay, so he actually plays two characters. He I plays that, identical yeah. twins. So the first half, I fucking hate his character because it's just. It's all over the place. It's high octane. It's it's he's laughing and saying stupid shit. And it's the most out of left field performance that I've seen of him in a long time. And then when he plays the identical twin brother in prison, it's completely subtle and soft spoken and intense and nuanced. And I'm like, so this movie gave me my least favorite and one of my favorite Ray Liotta performances. And that's that's a pretty credible thing to be like, oh man, I fucking hate and loved you in many saints of Newark. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that's the least of my issues with many saints, to be I perfectly have to, fair. I have to go back and look at this, but apparently he plays um Moe Sislak, a relative of Moe's. I I can't, I don't know who this name is, but it's Morty Sislak. So I don't know if it's his dad or his brother, but I have to in the what, Simpsons? Yeah. What's does it say like what season that is? Uh, 2018. Um, so that's, that's four years. Yeah, it's wow, fairly that's recent. Four years ago. Yeah, and uh, the episode is called King Lear. 
So um, I might have to go search Disney Plus after they're done wow, here. Yeah. Check that out. The, the, the last, but yeah, and then, did you have anything else you wanted to say on Ray? Because there's something related that I wanted to bring up, but I... No, uh, not that I can think of. Um, on that same day, we lost two musicians that were yeah. huge. Uh, and so in my world, we lost Andy Fletcher, uh, one of the founding members of Depeche Mode, one of my favorite groups out of the 80s. I love Depeche Mode. So I was, was he, like, what? Yeah, um, was he one of your uh, personal Jesus? Um, no, no I, I, I don't, I wouldn't go that far. Um, but... Uh, I, I, there's very few of those for me in music where I can call out a guy. Like I will call, out, especially when they're in groups. Like so, Depeche Mode as a whole, because I don't think just him makes Depeche Mode. But I also don't think just Dave Gahan, the singer, mm -hmm. makes Depeche Mode. I think you need the four guys to get Depeche Mode. It's similar to Metallica. You know what I mean? The mm -hmm. the original four: Cliff, Lars. You know, Kirk and and James is what what solidified that band. There were people before them and people after but that four is what solidified the band you know right. depeche mode hasn't had that kind of turnover but at the same time those four guys are what made that band what they are and i'm just happy he got to see he got they got inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame last two years ago in the 20 just in time yeah so he got the, and he was young he was 69 yeah. so you know um and then alan white drummer from yes also died that day. So I I don't know I don't know who Yes is. So I you I would know the song if I played it. If I played you a song of theirs, you would know Yes. You may not know them by name, and I'm not going to argue that. But if I played you the song, it'd be like, oh, I know that song. You, I guarantee you would have heard it because it's been in movies and um, sure. just on radio. So. You'd be you know, like, have you heard the band Yes? And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and even more so, there's a band called The Band. Oh my god, that's yeah. that's a little too fucking meta. But they're but they're they're actually really good. They didn't last very long, but they were they were um really real, their music is carried on. And ironically, one of Ray Dinger's favorite bands. So um, if you would say the irony there, um, but yeah, so it was a it was a weird day because all that yeah. loss and it was Stevie Nicks' birthday. So you you kind of put it all together, and it's like, what what the fuck was up? With it's a quadfecta of what the fuck. It's yeah. a quadfecta. Yeah, basically. So, um, but moving on. Moving on, we're here to 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 give a birthday present of sorts today. Yeah, that's what this recording is about. Uh, I, I'll let you set that up, though, my friend. Uh, so happy birthday, Kateri. Yeah, one of our fucking loyalists. One of our cultists, one of our friendists. <laughs> Happy birthday, Kateri. This one's for you. <laughs> yeah. And what we're doing, what we're covering uh, is a request she made a while, I want to say at least a year and a half ago. Yeah. And I we like we had we had kicked this episode around on more a than few one times. Yeah, a few times. And then other things that not that they were more important, but they were more fitting to whatever we were doing at the time. Just, they just fit in with the the vibe, you know. Um, and we f and we found a theme for this, you know, month, and we're like, okay, this works for this theme. And in fact, we actually did this for Kateri's birthday, and then we actually worked a theme around it. Yeah, basically, basically. So um, in a roundabout way, Kateri, this this whole month is is basically for you. And if I recall, she wanted us to do three of the four 
franchises we're doing. Like this was the the one we're doing today was the one, and she's already mm. heard the one last episode. If you're listening in order, um, but still, this is the one that she wanted us to really do, and and we put this one out in this order because if our math is right, it comes out like two days before her actual birthday. So uh, roughly, I believe yeah. so. I mean, we we had planned to do this episode. Not necessarily on Kateri's birthday, but like in, in the general, past, so yeah. much so that I bought the like three pack. So did like, I. DVDs so did I. Went, I've, I've owned it for like eight months. Over now. a year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I we've been it, prepping for this, and, and now it sounds like we didn't prep jack shit because now we're about to get in the episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Um, but no, we're we're covering the Beverly Hills Cop franchise with uh, mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy and uh, Judge Reinhold. Um, being your, your two primary repeating stars there. Um, uh-huh. I'd love to give Taggart, and I'm looking up the guy's name right now, but he doesn't actually appear in the third one. I think uh, it's Mills. John Ashton is, John the, Ashton, yeah. is the, uh, the actor's name. Um, so, sidebar, my mom has a, or had a best friend um, who I called my Auntie Kim. I think and, you mentioned her before. Yeah. Yes, and 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 my auntie, my auntie Kim, um, apparently dated Judge Reinhold. Like when I I don't know how old they were, but like mom told me, like the few times, and I don't mean to be mean about it, but the few times John Judge Reinhold ever came up in conversation, which was like once or twice, mom would inevitably be like, "Oh yeah, you know, Auntie Kim dated Judge Reinhold," and I'm like. I- I'm actually a fan of his, though. I, 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 and I know him from um, vice versa before I ever saw these films. Um, I don't know vice versa. So vice versa, very quickly. It sounds it, like a police vice squad, but with no, like the no, 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 no. It's it's not a cop thing at all. There's no, there's no. Cop we went thing. from vice city to vice versa. I there love you it. go. Yeah. Um, no, it's him and Fred Savage. Um, okay. He plays Fred Savage's dad, and and the parents are divorced, and he's got uh, Fred's on Christmas vacation for like a week, and the mom's going out of town with her new husband boyfriend. I forget if she's married, and so okay. he's staying with dad in the loft in in the city. The mom lives in the suburbs, you know. Gotcha. And they get the the, the they somehow the dad has this. Um, his dad's an executive at a, a department store, like a like a Macy's or a, a one of those type places. But it's not; right. it's a fictitious store for the for the the uh, movie. So I I forget what the store is called. But anyway, and he has this new item from I think it's Taiwan or Thailand or one of those countries, and it's uh-huh. the skull. And if you wish, if you if two people are touching the skull and make a wish. It comes true, and 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 they say something like, "I wish you'd understand what it's like to be me." So basically, they flip bodies. So and, it's a Freaky Friday, but with, with father and son, right? And so Judge Reinhold plays like a ten-year-old kid, basically the entire movie, and Fred Savage is playing like this, like thirty-year-old man drinking martinis and and smoking, well, and yeah. Based on Judge Reinhold, that is Billy Rosewood. I could see him like acting like a kid. Oh, there, for the there most are part. there are scenes of him as Billy that are. I, I don't know what order they came out in, but or one is definitely ripped directly from the other, depending on what order sure. they came out in. Um, especially well, ju- especially 
two, like especially scenes from from two. But oh, Judge Reinhold is also part of the Viewers universe in a roundabout way. Is he? Mm-hmm. How so? He is. He's in the Clerks cartoon. The Clerks oh right! Cartoon. Yes, yes, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he plays literally a trial dr- judge named, named Judge, judge Reinhold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that, and I remember, I remember finding that infinitely funny the first time I saw I'd forgotten until you mentioned it, but I do remember that and found it really funny. And he's also in the Santa Claus movies, at least. I mean, yeah, I think pretty sure he's in all three. I've never seen them, so I can't. I, I think I've seen part of one of them, but I've never really watched them. So, so in the Santa Claus, he plays the stepfather of the main kid. So like Tim Allen's sort of like adversary. Okay. Because it's his ex wife's sure, sure, yeah, new yeah. husband. And you know the premise of the Santa Claus, right? He yeah, becomes something like Santa he Claus. becomes Santa because he like he like killed him accidentally or some shit. Yeah. 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 So he uh, he finally understands that he's becoming Santa Claus and Judge Reinhold is a shrink and is trying to convince him that he's fucking crazy and he's just getting fat. And he's like, you aren't Santa Claus. And then you find out that it's like a, from a big resentment of Santa Claus because he wanted to get like a present when he was like five and he didn't uh. get it. So he has this huge resentment that he didn't. He He's like, I stopped believing in Santa Claus when I was five. It's like, bro, calm the fuck. D-. Like, calm the fuck down, Judge Reinhold. Like, it's OK. <laughs> but he is definitely the most memorable in my opinion, I mean, even even excluding Fast Times at Ridgemont High, he is at his most memorable as Billy Rosewood in the Beverly Hills Cop trilogy. Yeah, I think I think it, it, I'm gonna remember more for Vice Versa, but that's something I grew up on because that was one of those movies sure. you would see on like TBS on Saturday afternoons or whatever. Sure. Like that was one of those movies. Um, I've actually looked into buying it. And it's not even in print like it's hard to really yeah. it's one of those movies it's i think i found a copy on dvd but they wanted like 75 dollars for it and i'm like i'm not paying 75 dollars for i'm sorry but judge reinhold and fred savage are not worth 75 dollars no, i don't give a fuck no. if the movie is the holy grail no right exactly no i mean and i love the movie and if i can ever find a cheap copy i will certainly like a, a relatively cheap copy and i you know what i didn't even occur to me when we were like like amoeba that I should have looked because they probably had one there. I didn't even think Possibly. about it. If it's know. out of print, though, it would be kind of pricey. I don't know if it was out of. Bucks. I don't know if it's out of print or they're just not. You know what I mean? I don't know. But I, I never really looked, and I didn't even think about it because that that place was so overwhelming in a positive way that I just didn't even know where to begin. You know, when we were there. But yeah, um, I agree. Um, it was so overwhelming that like you realize, oh my god, Metallica played here after you'd already gone home. Yeah, basically, but it wouldn't have mattered. It's not like there was like James Sweat on the floor, <laughs> you know. They, like they they probably did mop it up. I would think so. Yeah, since it was like a year and some change after it had happened, or maybe longer. Um, but before we get into the nitty gritty, uh, I'd be really curious. I know there's only three of these things, but what what order would you put them in? Um. Uh, well, first off, there's a copy of Vice Versa on Blu-ray on Amazon for twelve ninety-six. Okay, you need to send me that because I'm I'm about to buy that shit. So, also apparently, there's like a Pixar like version of Inside Out. I guess maybe it's the French title. So the French title for the Pixar movie Inside Out is Vice Versa. So when I typed in Vice Versa, it's like, did you mean this? I'm like, fuck no, I didn't mean that. <laughs> 
I don't need the um, French version of a of a fucking thing. Well, thank you for, for, for I might buy that tonight. Um, I mean, what, for thirteen, it's on sale. It's got thirteen percent off. So yeah, you should you definitely. Um, but, um, how I would rank it is I, I'm going to be a little controversial. I, I might be too. So go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So one, three, two. Oh, I'm I'm way more controversial than you. Oh, you're going three, aren't you? Uh it it's it's a toss up between two three for me, but probably yeah. Three was the first one I ever saw, though. By the way, I and and I've concluded that I saw two once before somewhere, and and I think I saw it edited. Um, the first okay, time so I saw like it, TBS or something, yeah, right, or one of those, yeah, or one of those channels, and I've never seen one before getting ready for this and the fir- and I know for a fact the first one I ever saw was three mm-hmm. so you know as much as I give you shit for watching stuff out of order this is probably as far out of order as you can get you know what I mean? yeah so, motherfucker <laughs> and come to my side no I don't do it regularly um and and without giving anything away when we talk about ranking next episode's topic we're gonna we're gonna have a real interesting discussion there i can i can feel that coming probably yeah um, um okay so i i'm gonna go I, i'm gonna go all right so i'm gonna do because i'm gonna do this this week and i this episode and i'm gonna do this again next episode for sure because to me there is a order for quality and an order of personal enjoyment mm-hmm. and it's different Mm-hmm. For me, I think for quality, it's two one three. I think two. I think this is one of those ones where the the sequel is better than the original. Um, I I can agree with that actually. Um, but for personal enjoyment, it's three two one probably for me. Okay. Um. Uh, yeah, I still stand by my raking. Um, which is fine. You're not. I'm not. I'm. I'm genuinely. No, no, no. Not we're not trying to wrong. agree. Yeah. It's that that'll be a new one for us. Um, <laughs> I think but, there's uh, part of us that's going to agree next next time for what it's worth. But anyway, go we'll, ahead. We'll we'll see. We we're definitely going to agree that the last one is the worst one. We'll <laughs> we'll agree with that one. Uh, having um, not seen it yet, I can say, but sure. You, I I can I can confirm it for you. <laughs> okay. Um, but I am of the opinion that Beverly Hills Cop Three kind of gets a fucking bad rap. I understand why. I absolutely get it. Um. That being said, even, I, even, I I'm like you. I enjoyed three well, probably even, way more than I should have. Even Eddie is not a fan. I read some stuff for Eddie's oh, like Eddie I, hates it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's and uh, but like I don't know. There's look, we'll get there. We'll fucking get there. Let's let's start talking about one. And I'm of the opinion that in terms of Eddie Murphy's like whole wide range of films. And he's got a very extensive career, mostly comedy, some dramatic, but not as often as you would think more, more later in his life as dramedy. Um, and then kind of going back to comedy, but like, see, like he always, it was always classified that like 48 hours was the one that really kind of gave him a career, which is, which is more or less true. And then Beverly Hills Cop basically made him, uh, it it, for, it cemented his film career because but, obviously Saturday Night Live really kind of fucking did it. But like Forty Eight Hours, I saw Forty Eight Hours and another Forty Eight Hours, the sequel. 
I don't understand the love for those movies. I really fucking don't. Here's the thing I find really interesting about uh, you're talking about how it brought him to fame and all these things, right? And I'm not necessarily arguing any of that, but this is before coming to America, mm-hmm. where he really kind of starts to be able to like call his shots. I feel. I feel like coming to America is the one where he can. But the thing that's interesting is the first one is an Eddie Murphy production, like. He he gets production credit on the for first Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, yeah. Well, he started to really call the shots. You're right. With coming to America, he was able to more or less pick um, the director for coming to America, as well as like Trading Places was another one. Right, right. But Forty Eight Hours, like Forty Eight Hours, is called the first buddy cop movie. But when you just think about it for a second, the fact that Nick Nolte's a cop and Eddie Murphy is a criminal, then it's not a buddy cop movie. It's a criminal cop movie. Whereas I would call this one a buddy cops, plural, movie. Because there's three cops who fucking don't like each other in the beginning of the first film and then end up becoming, like, closer than brothers. Right, right. Um, I remember watching... Beverly Hills Cop 1, 2, and 3 with Michael on VHS as much as we were watching, like, Lethal Weapon. Like, Michael and I, we had a whole slew. Like, what I would do every time I would go over to his place is I would bring a stack of VHSs and go over, and we would just watch shit and hang out. That was our entertainment for the weekend or whatever. And a lot of them were... We watched The Lost Boys a lot. We watched... No. yeah, we watched all four Lethal Weapons. We watched uh, Beverly Hills Cop 1, 2, and 3. Um, some, like Sleepy Hollow and like Tim Burton. The Punisher was another popular one that we did. Mm. Um, the Thomas Jane Punisher? Correct. Okay. Yeah, correct. Um, and to, So much so that it was actually his VHS tape, and the audio was kind of warping. I think you told and- me that before, yeah. And we were able to hear, we, we, we had seen it so much that we knew when the sound was going to fuck up <laughs> during the music, we were just time it. Um, I remember watching Beverly Hills Cop and actually feeling so fucking bad for Jim Russo's character, the, uh, his friend, Mikey Tandino. Yeah. And I, I like that character. Like, I wish we gotten maybe a little more of him, honestly, but well, originally, Beverly Hills Cop was supposed to be a Sylvester Stallone movie. Oh, dear God. And, and it he went on to, like, I, there's there's varying different rumors as to why he left. Like, he said he left basically because he wasn't, he didn't, the comedy was too much for him, and he didn't think he was confident in comedy, which I kind of agree, and I also don't agree, because he can be unintentionally fucking funny as all hell. Like, Rocky is kind of funny, but Rocky's not supposed to be funny. Like, Rocky's funny because, right. of like, he's kind of a, he's just kind of uh, punch drunk, so to speak. So the stuff he says is like, you know, you should get condominiums. Like, condominiums, I don't use them. Like, you know, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, type yeah. of humor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Beverly Hills Cop would not have worked with Stallone. But uh, originally, it was supposed, Mikey Tandino was supposed to be his brother. Okay, and because that you obviously can't do that with Eddie for right, unless you do like the adopted brother yeah. thing or whatever. Because uh, yeah, yeah they've, there's yeah, 
You can have black Irish. Why can't you have black Italians? Why not? Yeah. I mean, they did, honestly, and I've told you this before, they did on How I Met Your Mother. Uh, mm-hmm. Neil Patrick Harris and William Brady were brothers. They had the same mom, different dads, you know, so, you know, but. Yeah. I, and I, but I also absolutely see them being like related. Who? Wayne Brady. And oh, Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but I, you're right. I like the character. I, I liked, I, I don't know. Here's the thing. Like there were, there's some real high moments in the film, and I don't mean like scenes. I mean like things about the film. Like Harold Faltermeyer with his music. Mm-hmm. I I Axel knew F. I knew Axel F before I even knew what the movie was. Like I just knew that that it, and 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 again, I brought it up earlier, but I'm bringing it up this time in a positive way, a very positive way. I knew the Halloween music. Yeah. For years before I, obviously before I saw the film, but even before I was kind of knew that it it tied together, you know what I mean? Like, iconic music is iconic music. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Even if you had like as a kid, I couldn't. I I mean, I think we discussed this, but like the first Indiana Jones movie that I was aware I actually saw was probably. Uh, Last Crusade. Sure, but even before I saw it, I knew what the Indiana Jones theme was. Right, I right. I knew what the Jurassic Park theme Star was. Wars. I knew the Jaws music. Yeah, yeah. So, but but the difference between Axel F and the ones you just mentioned, and 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 I would group the Halloween one closer to the Axel F than the other ones uh-huh. is. It's the it's the 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 pop techno eighties synthesizer synthesizer sound. Now yeah. I know I know Halloween's technically seventy eight, but it still got that sound to it, closer than than you know John Williams with a whole orchestra doing indie or Star Wars or you know whatever you know. Um, I'm just now imagining John Williams is like an avid synthesizer and is like. Like private, like office, like. Oh, I wouldn't. I it would not stun me if he had one. He may not have it to the level like a you know like him or or, or um. Who's the guy that did um? Uh, we were, we just did the, we just talked Zimmer? about the movies. No, not Zimmer. Um, he kept doing all the different versions and did all the vocals. What was this? We we just did this movie like in the last month. It was during. Elfman? Yes, yes, Elfman. I forget what the movie was right now, but but Elfman. It was probably Wonka. Yes, it was. It was. It was the 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 Johnny Depp Wonka one. Yeah. yeah. And 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 so he's got like literally like a couple dozen synthesizers. I don't I don't right. imagine John Williams has that, but I do imagine he's got a couple that he's probably fucked around with at some point. There's just something about it that makes me laugh of like John Williams is like, you know, taking his own music and fucking with it on a synthesizer. Like I'm going to, I'm going to play the Jurassic Park theme on a synthesizer. Like, like I just, I love that idea that like someone who created iconic music is like, I'm going to completely destroy it in my, in the privacy of my own home, just to, just for myself. And, and the other thing with the XLF song, believe it or not, is it's not overly complicated to play. And so I know people who were taking like piano lessons who were learning on keyboards because it was cheaper for some people, meaning teachers, 
to get a keyboard and teach mm-hmm. than to buy a piano and teach. And so they w- they would teach them Axel F as as a uh, uh, like a practice piece. And you know that's same with the awesome. Halloween theme. Yeah, same thing. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. Those that's and I think that's why I knew them because I knew people that played instruments and keyboards and pianos and they would play like the difference though is I don't think I think you can do Halloween on a keyboard or you could do it on an actual baby grand piano. I don't think Axel F translates as well, you know. Uh I guess that's true. The irony is that like I think the Halloween two music is actually more of a synthesizer. See, I'm not than... as familiar with that one, so I'd have to listen, but yeah. It's it's definitely like a techno esque like reverb kind of version. You might like it. Yeah, I, I would check it out. Um, I would also say that I find really interesting is like some of the songs that were in the movie. You got the Pointer Sisters, the Neutron Dance. That was a song already on one of their albums that nobody read. It was like a deep cut that that um, uh, Martin Brest and uh, Faltermeyer collab. Martin Brest and 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 Jerry Bruckheimer and Harold Faltermeyer worked together very closely on all the music throughout mm-hmm. the movie. Like there was a, actually an extra on the pack I bought. There was one DV. There was one of them that had extras, and it was the first one. And one of them was talking about like the whole spe- extra was about the music. So I and you know me, I was like, ooh. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, you you were ooh ah and, yeah and, yeah, and, and it's running and screaming. But you know, you had, you had that, and then I didn't even know this. This is really interesting to me. The heat is on. The Glenn Fry song that's at the beginning of it when they're doing the montage of mm-hmm. Detroit was written for Beverly Hills Cop. That that was not a song before that. I think I I, I found that out as well on research. Um, I also remember reading that like they filmed Detroit and like Martin Bress had to basically do it with like a police escort oh, because I don't, it, I don't Detroit doubt was it, so yeah. fucking like not. There, you There's know, also safe. some stuff on there you probably couldn't you couldn't do that montage today, and it's not because of the safety factor. It's because of some of the things they actually show on the yeah. montage. Yeah, I, I I remember at least twice underage people drinking, and there's one dude smoking a joint. Like yeah, yeah, you know. And I'm not saying those things don't happen, and I'm glad that he caught like real life, but yeah, that would never get past the studio these days. I uh, sometimes, I mean, like the example, like on a on a comedy cop film, I doubt it. You know, what maybe I mean? on a comedy cop film, but like there's like Gone Baby Gone is a movie set in like Boston, right? Directed by Affleck, and he, like there's a lot. That in the town, there's a lot of footage of like the rough parts of Boston and Massachusetts, mm. and you see like like real people like drinking and like like not necessarily doing shit, but like the after effects of shit they've done. Like, hmm, that person may have done a bunch of meth, right? Right, and they're just now on camera, and they're hey, who's that? Oh, that's Meth Mouth Harry. He's on fucking. He's a movie star now. Yeah. He got to his fucking head. You know, he was just like, I'm in fucking, I'm in, I'm in God, baby God. I'm a fucking actor. It's like, no, you're not. You're a fucking meth head who got a camera on him. Yeah. 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 So. Um, Thanks a fucking lot, Affleck. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Affleck. Affleck, you and the bomb and phantoms, yo. 
Um, but but the, the the film um as a whole, I mean, it's not. Is it, it, it bad? No. Just because I have it a third does not mean that it's bad. I just the the. I wouldn't say the quality is low, but that's not the right phrasing for it. it it's it, it's it's shot a rough like an start trying to be iconic. Right, exactly. And then I and I looked up the budgets on these, and and I know you don't always love doing it, but this one really blew me away. Did you did you see the budget and the box office on this? No. You want to take a guess? Twelve million for the budget. Yeah. You're close. Thirteen. Okay. Wow. Do you want to do you want to guess the box office? I uh, make it sound like if I go really high, I'm going to be completely dead wrong. Look, I know it was a hit. It was definitely a hit because it was so successful. They made a fucking sequel after the first screening with the studio heads. They're like, okay, we approve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After the studio heads saw their private screening, like the filmmakers were like, okay, we're ready for another one. Um, I'm going to go. God. Is it over or under a hundred mil? Over. Okay, I'm going to say three hundred and eighty million dollars. No, but closer than I expected it to be. You're you're over though. You're you overshot. Three twenty. Still over, but closer. Okay, two uh, two ninety seven. Three sixteen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I never I never get it right, do I? No, no, but you get close. I'll give you the three twenty as a right. as a yeah. I mean, you 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 brought it down enough. So that's that's a. I mean, that's a. That's, that's a, a healthy he- fucking like amount of money. But I I do hate, and this is not about Beverly Hills Cop. This is more of a general phrase, general statement. I hate when studios are like, oh, let's make a sequel. Like they, they they sign off on the sequel before the first one ever comes. Like like, I never it's a bit got of an that ego trip. I never, and, and, and I, I'm not again, not even picking on uh, on uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Like Avatar is a fantastic example of that the first one did. Now they didn't sign off on the second one until the first one did really well, and I'll give them credit for that. But then they're like, "All right, we're gonna sign off on four more of these fucking things," you know. And I'm not entirely sure that that's what happened. I think James Cameron's been telling everybody, "Oh, we're making four more films," and the studios are like, "I, I mean, okay," <laughs> because they're so afraid of saying no to Cameron. Maybe, maybe I did. See, I did see the trailer for the second one, and I'm less than impressed. Um, I, mean, I mean, visually, it's yeah. okay, but outside of that, I'm like, meh. Um, I I don't I don't care. Like that's my yeah, whole thing. That's like, all right, look, it's a fucking another movie that is gonna happen. Yeah. But I didn't ask for it. Yeah. I didn't really particularly want it. But whatever. There are plenty of other people that do fucking like that movie and you know, all the power to you. I'll tell you something that I think you'll actually like. Sure. Beverly Hills Cop two yeah. was one of the most successful R rated films, if not the most successful R rated film of all time. Until it was surpassed by The Matrix Reloaded. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. I, I didn't I th- know that. It feels odd that they're both sequels, but I, I... I think people do like sequels. I think no, in I'm a roundabout way, that, especially in the 80s. I'm just, well, right, but I'm just saying that the, the fact that there was the sequel and then it doesn't get surpassed by all these other R-rated movies until another sequel. That's just a little con- little interesting to me. That's all. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what I think it was. I think a lot of the the most 
a lot of the movies in the 80s and 90s, ultimately, was a lot of, like, slashers. Mm. And then, like, you get your random, like, oh, Lethal Weapon 4. And then yeah, you get, but, like, I mean, even Die if you Hard think about- yeah, cool. but I'm, even if you think about stuff like um, like the first Matrix, which is technically R-rated, doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, I know that made money, but I guess it didn't surpass Beverly Hills Cop 2, is what I'm saying, right. which is really which, interesting. Which, you know, interestingly enough, the number on, on 2 is not, see, this is where I don't, I, I don't buy it, because the number on 2 is lower than it is on 1. Well, maybe maybe I misread it as two. What I what it meant to be one. I'll have to dig up where I read it. Yeah, because the second one's two seventy six point five, and the first one was three sixteen. Yeah, so, so it must have been the first one then. It has to be, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Th- I, then if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. Well, no, it's not about that. It's just it's just if that is what you read, I'm trying to. The the only thing I can think of that you might have missed is maybe it's the most successful R-rated sequel since Beverly Hills. Cause that could be. Well, now I'm gonna have to dig this up. So I'll well, see if I can find it. Well, while you're digging it up, let's let's talk about the first one some more a little bit. Let's talk about the character of Axel Foley. I, I it's an interesting character for me because. Part of me really finds him entertaining, and then there's parts of me that I want to punch him in the face. I th- Here's my opinion. I think, even though Axel Foley is the main character, I think, um, um, I think uh, Ashton and Judge Reinhold, we, they are representative of the audience. Taggart and Rosewood. Taggart, Taggart and Rosewood, yeah. yeah. They are in my opinion, the audience, because one of them is like kind of gruff and older. So you can get that demographic. And then the other one's sort of younger and more sensitive. So you get that demographic. Right. And, and they both have very interesting ways of looking at Axel. Like Ashton wants to uh, fucking, uh, he, he wants to punch Axel and he does. Right. And Billy wants to give him a fucking hug. Or at least a high five, yeah. Or, yeah, I or mean, at least a high five. I mean, so I think. I, I, I th- the thing I never got was the the laugh choice. Eddie Murphy's laugh. Yeah, that's Eddie, mean, that was Eddie Murphy's laugh. But you, you've I've heard him laugh in other stuff. He has so like. And I mean stuff from that era. Like he doesn't laugh like that in uh, Coming to America. Well, no, because he's playing a very distinct character in Coming to America. Fair but, enough. like, like I think, from what I can gather, I know Eddie Murphy what was, and probably still is, a huge fan of Desi Arnaz from yes. I Love Lucy. Well, and his laugh is very similar to that, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very similar. So I think he was kind of like, he mimicked it. And he had a very dis- he wanted to have a distinct laugh, but because I've I've like you, I've seen Eddie Murphy have like kind of like a, a chuckle, like <laughs> like that kind of like soft spoken. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> laugh. I've seen I've seen but, him laugh and stuff like Doctor Doolittle. You know what I mean? Where he's not as over the top. You know what I mean? Like Doctor Doolittle is one of his more recent films that I really enjoy, and I say recent and it's still like what twenty years old, if not older. But Correct, yeah, I mean yeah. you know. 
I and I and I'm aware of that for for the audience. But I'm saying is it like compared to like Coming to America, which is almost forty years old at this point, or or this film that's almost forty years old at this point. You know, like it it is more recent comparatively speaking. Sure. Um, so I found he, it. I found yeah. the, and I I was wrong. It was for Beverly Hills Cop one. Okay. What it says is this was the highest grossing R rated film in the U S until The Matrix Reloaded, eclipsed it nineteen years later. Hmm. If inflation was taken into account, it would be the third highest grossing R rated film after. Do you want to take a guess? There's two films. Well, I'm guessing The Matrix po- is one of them since it passed. No, 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 no. no. I'm talking. It, it, it's not. It's they're both from early 1970s. Oh, okay. R-rated films? R-rated films. From the late 70s. No, early 70s. Oh, early? And they're both, oh, a, that's they're both a win a, 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 within a year from each other. Yeah, I, I'm probably not going to get it, so go ahead. I'll give, you, I'll give you one. Sure. The Exorcist. Okay, that makes sense. I wouldn't have thought of it, but you're, you're, that makes 100% sense. Um, now, now, the other one you should be able to guess, it's a very early 70s film. It's iconic as all hell. Godfather 2? Yeah. Yeah. God, or, Godfather 1. Oh, the first one? Okay. Well, no, uh, I, I, I always thought the second one did better. So that's why I went there, but I'm not. I'm not going to argue that. I'm not. Apparently I'm not. not. <laughs> apparently not. Apparently not. Um, we never looked up the money on the Godfather, so I don't. I don't remember it. But um, I'll just watch the fucking offer, and it'll tell me. I still haven't started it. Yeah, I do need it. I haven't watched it either, but I do need to do that. There is another series that I want to talk to you about off air, but um, uh-huh. uh, hello there. <laughs> um, yeah. But the character as a whole, see, what I liked about it in three was his, I felt like he was way over the top in two. Or I'm sorry, in one. Excuse me, in one. And I feel like he toned it down just enough in two, and in three it's a little too toned down, but not enough to make it not enjoyable. Right? Well, I think that goes with my my theory, which is basically... Uh, we're seeing it through the other guy's eyes. As, sure. And he's also, he's being antagonistic to all the Beverly Hills cops. Oh, yeah. He's being antagonistic to just about everybody around him for the most part. I fucking love the guy who played his superior in Detroit. Which, by the way, can we, can we, we don't have to talk, spend a lot of time on that guy, and that's not a shot at, at Gil Hall, but is, or Gil, sorry, Gil Hill, but it, much like we talked about with Lethal Weapon, I like that they got the same actors. You and I are both fans of that kind of thing, and, and they kept the same actors pretty much through. Like, like the guy who who's in the third one, who's not Taggart. Um, Hector get, Elizondo? Yeah, but I'm trying to get the character's name here. Give me a second. Um, the, the tortilla soup motherfucker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which you know, I liked him. I liked him in this. He's a bit of a dick, but I think he's supposed to be. So I'm yeah, not, but, yeah, but so is Taggart. Yeah, and and honestly, I knew him from something else before I saw the before I saw these two. The guy who plays Taggart. Um, why can't I find Hector Elizondo in this list? Here he is, Flint. Flint was the character's name. I, I you know, they did. Basically, find like Tiger 2.0 for yeah, Flint. Like, I mean, he, they got the uh, I mean, look, I love Hector Elizondo as well. You and I have talked lots of praise. I've been a fan of him from like Pretty Woman, 
mm-hmm. Princess Diaries. Mm-hmm. Basically, eighty fucking uh, Gary Marshall movie. Pretty much because he's like, yeah, yeah he's Gary Marshall's fucking good luck charm. Um, except, um, but, except uh, League of Their Own. I don't think he's in that one. That that's Penny Marshall. But no, the Gary still produced it, so you would have thought. Okay, okay. Yeah. all right, that's fair. But I think it's Gary Marshall directed films. I got you. Okay, fair enough. I was I wasn't trying to argue with you, but I you know. I mean, you're you're half right. Penny Marshall was was uh, Gary's sister. I thought it was okay. I thought it was his daughter for some reason. Maybe I got my no, 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 no. Uh, they're roughly they but were roughly the same age. I think they're both dead now. Uh, I believe you're right. But anyway. So, but Hector Elizondo's character is essentially a direct-to-DVD Tiger. remake. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's 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 a carbon copy of Taggart, which goes to say how important John Ashton was. At least they and, and at least they mentioned him. They do mention him. Like at one point, Axel says, "What's up with Taggart?" He goes, "Oh, he's out in the forest in Phoenix searching for golf balls or something to that effect." Yeah, I they, the they tried to they tried to give him like a proper send off and. I'm glad they didn't try to kill off the guy. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm what I was more con- interested in was um, uh, what the fuck's his name? Why can't I find these people today? Bogabil. Yeah, like he just fucks off. Like I mean, and he By wasn't the dead. Film, yeah, he was done. He wasn't, and he wasn't dead because he survives the shooting in two, and the actor's still alive because he plays the president in Murder Sixteen Hundred. He's also in RoboCop. I mean, that that sure. Beverly Hills Cop gave that motherfucker a lot of like, oh, you can actually like do some other shit. Yeah, the first thing I ever saw him in was in Murder in Sixteen Hundred. At least the first thing I I recognize him from. I'll put it that way, you know. Right. Um. But yeah, I did like that they kept the same actor actors for the. I mean, even even Paul Reiser coming back in the second one. You know, yeah, Paul Reiser was was pretty funny. Uh, by three, he was too mad about you to be able to come back and do this shit. What I so. do, I didn't do anything to him. <laughs> um, but Gil Hill, yeah, I found out was was actually a cop when he was cast. Like okay. he was head of, he was the fucking head of the uh, detective like part of. Well, like, he's he's only ever been in three movies: Beverly Hills Cop one, two, and three. Yeah, that's it. No shit. He also, I think he like ran for like mayor of Detroit and like didn't get it. Uh, actually, here, here we go. It's under the you do, did you knows about Gil Hill. Um, the only difference between Inspector Todd and my real life is I don't curse as much in real life. Which seems like absolute bullshit. He, no. he swears so well and convincingly. Like, I think they even literally legit cast him because they're like, they they got the impression that he could have been like Axel's dad. They're like, how funny would it be if this is like Axel Foley's father? I could see that. He's like, yeah. He's like, Axel, what are you doing with that bullshit? Like, it's, I fucking loved Inspector Todd. And I love the the chemistry between him and Eddie Murphy. It's just I loved so fucking. It. I loved his last line, actually. Oh, uh, where he's like, uh, what is this, a coffee you, break? Go get that son of a bitch. Yeah, that's yeah. a great one. That's a that's a good. That's a, if you're gonna go out, that's that's a line to go out on, like you know. And then he repeats the line to his widow. And right. And the, well, at first he goes, his last words were all about you, and she goes, "That's not my husband." You know, yeah, that's not my Todd. You want to try one more time? Yeah, and uh, she called him Douglas, though. I remember that. 
His name is Douglas Todd. Okay. Is that what it was? Okay. Inspector Todd. I, mean, I get my right. Okay. Well, I mean, you get Columbo is not the motherfucker's first name, dude. Just so you know. All right, motherfucker. Shut up. Um, Inspector Todd's first name was Motherfucker. Motherfucker Todd. I am Motherfucker Todd. (laughs) Also, who the fuck names their kid Axel? Right. That's a fucking choice. Especially when, like, you got Surge fucking it up. Ahmed, Aquel. I love Bronson P. Show. I'm a a big fan of his. Because I used to watch him on Perfect Strangers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, where he was, he he wasn't as over the top, but he he was entertaining as fuck. So I've been I've been a, been a fan of his for a long time, and um, yeah. And it goes to show how funny he was in Beverly Hills Cop because originally it was supposed to be him and another guy, and the other guy comes on for just a second where he's wearing like the wide brim collar. Mm-hmm. That was supposed to be the other guy, but uh, Bronson fucking, like, stole the whole fucking scene that they basically just reduced the other guy to nothing and made Bronson a fucking, like, made Serge a fucking, like... I liked him better in three than I did in one. I mean... Well, because in one, he's kind of, like, everything about one is introducing the characters as well as putting down the stepping stones. Yeah. And by three, it feels like a family reunion of sorts. But better than coming to America, too, for sure. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Coming to America can can get the fuck out of America. Yeah. Um, I don't coming to America should be deported. The second one. The second the one. The second one. The yeah. second one, for sure. Um, Which is ironic, because... If if I've read correctly, and I think we discussed on the Coming to America uh, episode that we did, uh, Beverly Hills 3 is the first time him and John Landis worked together since Coming to America. Correct. They had a huge falling out. Yeah. And, and it was a multitude of, like, Eddie Murphy was developing a fucking ego. Rightfully so. He was kind of the... The it I mean, guy for a long time. The it guy, which is ironic because he completely fucking ruined his career at one point. Uh, But like he was, I mean, he was arguably, he still is arguably the biggest star to come from SNL with the exception of like Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. is arguably the biggest star. But before people were like, oh yeah, Robert Downey Jr. was on SNL. It was Eddie Murphy. Everybody was saying Eddie Murphy. It's not. It's not going to be Aykroyd. It's not going to be uh, Belushi. See, but Belushi. I, I, if Belushi kept going, then possibly. I could argue. I'm not. I'm. I'm with you on Aykroyd as much as I love him. But I agree with you. You know, because the only real, the only starring roles that I'm aware he's in, like starring roles, would probably be like Trading Places and then the Ghostbusters films. Coneheads. Coneheads. Yeah. Um, otherwise but, he's like a secondary character and sometimes a primary secondary character, but like second, like driving Miss Daisy, but he's still a secondary character. Um, you know, as an example, my girl, my girl. yeah, another one. Um, you know, I, those series of comedies, uh, yeah, driving right. Miss Daisy and my girl. I was going to say maybe Steve Martin or Martin short though. Mm, Steve Martin over Martin Short, but oh, well, not... of those two, yeah, definitely Steve. But yeah, but I mean, I fuck, dude, I completely forgot. Adam Sandler 
I mean, Adam Sandler probably has... He's definitely in the top three. Despite if you don't like his movies or not, he's still been bankable for a long time. So I think he and Nicolas Cage are running, are just like helping Netflix at this point. <laughs> and, um, and Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds has like four or five. He's got a bunch on. Yeah, right but now I too. that that's that's fairly true. Um, so look, so it's probably RDJ, Adam I Sandler. See, with all Eddie respect, Murphy. RDJ, I don't count him because I think it was one season, wasn't it? It was one or two, and it was like he was part of the one that eventually the entire cast got and, fired. Right, and wasn't it he also on the like? If I'm and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But you know, like when they're doing the opening, when that and I forget, I wish I could remember the voiceovers guy's name because he's been doing it for like or did it forever. I think he passed recently. I five, could be wrong. Five years ago. Yeah. You know, uh, it's Saturday Night Live. Right, that, that guy, guy, yeah. And I, if I could remember his name, I would give him the credit because he's, he's iconic. But the the point is, he would list off, okay, starring, and he would list off like five or six, and then also, and that, like, wasn't RDJ in that also thing? Probably. Like, yeah, I don't he, think... He, he was a background player, like... Right. Which is really fucking amazing. Like, also starring Robert Downey Jr. Right, like, dude, yeah, like, I mean... Well, yeah, but this a lot was of guys. the lowest I mean, of RDJ's career. I mean, he like, was on heroin. Right, but I mean, a lot of guys were like Adam Sandler was in the also at one point. At, know, at one point, but yeah. RDJ didn't ever. Become no, no, no. But I'm just saying, like there are. No, I'm just saying there are people that were in the also. The also is not necessarily as slight. Yeah, I think it, they're called featured players. That not, yeah. Well, and for a while, I think it did say also. Like I think I think at one point the line was also starring, and then I think it changed to featuring or whatever. But it, it was basically and the rest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think we talked about that when we did the Saturday Night Live episode. But I'm saying like I don't even remember what our point was. Well, what Eddie, was our Eddie point? was the one like so. RDJ was part of that lineup in like 82 that didn't do jack shit. Right. And then Eddie Murphy and weirdly enough, Joe Piscopo were the Joe ones did that very like, well for himself on that yeah. on the show. Like, yeah. yeah. But then what happened? He had a handful of movies and then he, 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 okay, yeah, of, he, he was in a movie called wise guys with DeVito. I've seen it. It's he fine. was No, he was in that. He was in, uh, I th- it's either three ninjas or sidekicks. I forget which one, but he's in one of those. Oh, um, three ninjas was like Hulk Hogan or I don't know. There's a lot of weird kids. PG 13 no. movies <laughs> that came out. Yeah. No, there was like three ninjas and there was like sidekicks, sidekicks, sidekicks. Yep. And then I think Piscopo's like, biggest claim to fame was being able to do a Frank Sinatra impression without getting a death threat from Frank Sinatra. There you go. But um, he asked, he asked permission. Well, he yes. like wrote to Frank. He's like, you've told that story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and him and with, and Eddie Murphy were a great fucking duo that you didn't expect. Yeah. So like yeah. Eddie Murphy as Stevie wonder was <laughs> pretty fucking iconic. Like, uh, the one of the best parts, one of the inside jokes of Beverly Hills Cop, is when Eddie Murphy is first walking through the streets of Beverly Hills, and he sees a couple of guys wearing like leather suits. I was gonna get to that, yeah. And he doubles over laughing. And if you haven't seen Eddie Murphy's stand-ups, it's the same exact outfits he's wearing in in the stand-ups. It's raw and delirious. It's the same outfits, yeah. and he's yeah. just like. <laughs> like it's so fucking that's the closest it comes to breaking the fourth wall 
I think. Right. But without without actually doing it, without because he doesn't look at the camera, he's still looking where he was walking. The camera. That's the thing I liked about this is there's a couple fourth wall breaks within the franchise that aren't officially fourth wall breaks, but they mm-hmm. they set the camera up so that Eddie can still be looking where he needs to be looking as the character as Axel, but right. you can kind of get that fourth wall break without it being blatant like. You know, let that that look at the right. camera moment. You know, it's not the office look. You know, where like someone makes a joke and awkwardly looks at the camera, like at us. Right. You're like, oh, did you see that shit? Like, like, like in the third one, when he's changing the the the, the bill printer to say "kiss my ass," like he has that moment, and it, in the way the camera set up, it's almost like he's looking at the camera, but it's not. What I fucking love. I fucking love. Like, I'm going to say it. I like the third one because it's at an amusement park and it cracks me the fuck up. There's yeah. not enough movies that are at an amusement park. Well, honestly, you're going to laugh when I say this because I saw Beverly Hills Cop 3 before I saw this movie about the reference. And I could have sworn the music was stolen from Wonderworld. But when you first hear the movie's music... I could have sworn Kevin ripped that directly from Wonderworld. Uh, they're similar. I mean, Wonderworld, Wonderworld, and, I, and then movies like ba ba da ba ba. No, that's 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 another thing. Uh, <laughs> hold on, God, uh, I'm gonna let you go through. You work the this movie out. Time, movie time. That's that's the movies jingle. It's. Close. Look, a- every fucking thing is a ripoff of It's a Small World. No, I, 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 no I get that. Now, I'm certainly not shitting on Kevin, but I was just like, I remember what the first time I saw Dog. My point is, the first time I saw Dogma, I was like, isn't it's that Wonder World? Like, yeah, like legit, you know? It's so. Like, I, I think Kevin Smith's going to, you know, I think John Landis is going to sue somebody. I think Eddie Murphy going to sue somebody. Oh, Eddie Murphy will definitely sue us. Somebody. Which, Eddie Murphy will sue a motherfucker. Which, by the way, Chris Rock being in the second one for like a split second. Dude, I, I've i got to hand it to Eddie. He helped start a lot of young, struggling black comedians. Did, did you catch Damon Wayans? I, yeah, I was going to say, did you catch Damon in the first one as the banana guy? Like, it's so yes. weird to see Damon Wayans with hair. It's weird to see Eddie Murphy without a goatee. No, I, I'd seen him. I'm familiar with the mustache only, Eddie. Oh, I meant, I'm sorry. I meant uh, Chris Rock. That's who I meant. Oh, I'd, I'd seen Young Young Rock without it. So. My One of my all-time favorite jokes of the entire trilogy is when Eddie goes up to a, a fucking henchman and he points the gun in his face and has him repeat like, oh, baby, yo, baby, yo. Oh, makes him rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You and like the guy music? is just like, he's like, you smile, motherfucker. He's like, I'm smiling. I'm smiling. Yo, yeah. baby. Yo, baby. Yo, yo, baby. Yo, baby. Say, ow, ow. And then hits him with the fucking head. I fucking yeah. die every single fucking that's time I see scene. that scene. Well, that's, and, and for me, it, 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 and I agree with you. It's a funny scene. So I'm not dis- disagreeing with that. But like one of my favorite scenes is like, and again, it's three. This is what I'm saying. Like three was thoroughly entertaining is the story kind of weak sure are the characters outside of rosewood and axel and the reappearance reappearance of Serge kind of weak yes i will i will give you that but the the 
the moments are more entertaining. And one of them for me is when I go to the um, Private Security Man of the Year Award and they're standing there and Alice DeWald gets his award and then Axel, Alice DeWald! Alice DeWald! And he's just screaming and running through the, and walking up to the podium. Makes me roll every time like that just entertains the crap out of me and he even looks at the audience like what y'all doing this is out to out to yeah, like, right um i think i have an i think i have an actual answer as to why you and i gravitate towards towards these other less like not as popular comedies that people usually kind of are dismissive of okay I honestly am beginning to think that you and I prefer 90s comedies as opposed to 80s comedies. Um, it depends. Okay, first, I agree, but it also depends. Because, like, I can give some examples, some 81s that I absolutely fucking still love to this day. And, you know. But so. the, the consensus is that there's, like, movies that start in the 80s and then continue in the 90s. Like, Lethal Weapon. We kind of had Lethal Weapon 4 at a higher ranking than we did Lethal Weapon. Right, but I can g- give me both Crocodile Dundee 1 and 2, which are both 80s, and 3 can go fuck itself, which is that's, way later. You know what I mean? So, like, you're not, I'm not saying you're wrong, but there are examples where that's not always true as well. True. Beverly Hill, I'm sorry, uh, Blues Brothers. Way infinitely better than Blues Brothers 2000. I've only seen the first one once, and I've never seen the second one, so I can't even speak to it. But I, if you uh, if you like Beverly, I'm sorry, I keep saying Beverly. It's Blues Brothers 2000. If you like that over the first one, I can't help you anymore. As your I, I, I think the only thing they could, without having seen it, the only thing they would say, I think, would save that movie for me specifically is Goodman. Because I just love John Goodman, and I think him. I think if you're going to replace Belushi as a as one of the Blues Brothers with anybody, forget when it was made, forget the rest of the movie. It's John Goodman's your guy, you know. That is the only argument you have, and I happen to agree with it. If John Goodman was not, and if they were, I, mean, I don't mean to be disparaging, but if it was like Jim Belushi, <laughs> it wouldn't have done well. No, man. or, or I, I got even, nothing but. I'm I'm I got nothing but reverence for Jim Belushi. Well, right. Or or even like Farley. As much as we both like Farley, I I I don't see it, you know. Farley would never listen to the blues. Right. But but Goodman, I buy it. A thousand percent. Goodman 100% is a blues fan. Yeah. 1000%. Yeah, exactly. So I going back to your original theory, you're not wrong, but it is not always it's not an it's not an absolute. That's the only thing I would say is an, it's not an absolute, you know. Right. I it's, it's I, a- I thoroughly enjoyed too Beverly Hills too. I yeah. I thought it was fine. At first I was a little put off, I'm not going to lie. On the open, on the opening, without without knowing anything about the story or not remembering, I had seen it before. And honestly, I think I only saw like the second half because I didn't. I remember where I started recognizing, and it was toward the latter part of the movie after he was mm-hmm. already in Beverly Hills, you know. And and it was when he actually, you know, what I remember is when he goes to the gun club for the first time. Mm-hmm. That's where I remember having seen it from, you know. So um, that said. 
when he starts this starts the movie off and he's putting on like the thousand dollar suit and getting into the Ferrari, I'm like, if this is Eddie, just like I don't want to be a street cop anymore, I'm gonna be pissed. And it turns yeah. out he's doing like this undercover thing, and he and the rest of the movie he's in the jeans, and and the only thing they do they added from the first one was they give him the the Detroit Lions jacket, which I have no problem with. That's fine, right. you know, which kind of actually kind of is almost an iconic piece of cinema uh, uh, costume, right? Like, Attire. at this point, yeah. yeah, yeah. That would be something you would expect to see at, like, Planet Hollywood is, like, the jacket, you know? The Smithsonian, yeah. Well, no, but, I mean, like, you know, Planet Hollywood, much like yeah, the Hard Rock, yeah, yeah. You, you you know, you have these different pieces. Like, I'm sure they, I'm sure one of them has the hat and sunglasses from the Blues Brothers, you know? Right. You know, so I would expect to see Axel's jacket. That wouldn't stun yeah. me, you know? So it it became part of pop culture for sure. Is it lesser known pop culture? Sure. sure. It's yeah. not Indy's jacket. It's Axel S jacket, but that's fine. Right. But if you're a fan of this franchise and you're a fan of this character, that's a thing. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, so it's yeah. about as iconic as like Riggs's fucking mullet. No, no. <laughs> I I would say that's probably true. You know what I mean? But um or 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 uh McLean's shoes, you know. Or lack thereof. Right. You know. His shoes is just a bunch of glass. Well, no, I I, I, I'd heard a joke that someone actually framed the shoes because they were such pristine condition they wanted to keep them that way. (laughs) Really? I don't know. I think it's a joke. I don't think it actually happened. I think it was just something someone said once, but. um, Shoot, like a loss. (laughs) Yeah. Um,. Yeah, but the, the the second one, I thought, listen, and I think it's because it's Tony Scott. I, I'm a big Tony Scott fan. I like a lot of his films. Um, mm. We've talked about quite a few of them over the the years at this point, if I recall. Yeah, we, we did a, we talked about them kind of more at length when we did uh, the True Romance yeah. uh, deep dive. And a little bit when we did The Martian, just because of his the Mar- brother. It was his brother, for sure. But um, I think we I, talked I w- about Tony that day because of Ridley. Yeah. I will also tell you, this doesn't spoil the movie in any way, but there's a nice dedication to, uh, Tony Scott at the, at the end credits for, um, Maverick. Maverick. No, no, that's pretty cool. Didn't Oliver Stone do this one? Not to get off topic. I thought I, I don't, if he did, that's news to me. I, I know he'd wanted to do a Top Gun. I didn't know if he actually ended up being the guy. So anyway, I'll, I don't, I'll I don't work know. for my own edification. But go ahead. Um, but yeah, I I I think Tony Tony Scott being the director of this thing helped make it a better movie. I got to be honest. I I do. I think. I think every director brings their own uh, vision, but it all still feels like Beverly Hills Cop, in my estimation. But John Landis is the one that definitely looks like the most like a John Landis film. Oh, sure. Sure. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, I think I think uh, Eddie Murphy, I think he chooses his directors fairly, fairly well. But with all respect to Martin Brest, he I, I don't know, man. I was even looking at his I was looking at his IMDb. He's only done nine things and only one of them that I liked. Well, from what I understand, Martin Brest, this was like his first real, like, action movie. So, like, action he, and he movie, felt it looks that way, yeah. Hell. Yeah, and he, he's done one since. One action film since. Is he even still alive? 
Uh, I don't. I'll check in a second. Yes, but his last film was in two thousand three, and and it's the movie that killed his career. I guarantee it because he did Geely. I mean, I've seen Geely. Yeah, it didn't help. No, so, Geely's not bad, but it took. A, I remember when it came out, the amount of shit that it took. I oh yeah, it was, it was. It's not a great movie. It's just not a fucking good movie. Uh, Send of a woman. That's obviously. the one. Yeah, that's the one. You I've should seen. check out Midnight Run though. Midnight Run's pretty entertaining. Is it okay? Yeah, it's De Niro and um, Charles Grodin, and one Charles Grodin and Robert. So like Grodin is like a embezzler and De Niro plays the fucking um uh, the Italian the, fuck the Italian guy <laughs> that was unexpected it actually was pretty funny yeah, he plays the Italian you say it like I never say anything funny <laughs> I just didn't expect that um ironically enough he doesn't play an Italian no guy. I see that I Jack. see that he plays a guy named Jack Walsh yeah I see that you uh, got, but he's you got, a um you got Joey not, not you got Joey yeah, Pants to cover the Italian guy this time. Um, I, he's actually, pretty funny. Man. And ironically, you got John Ashton in this one too. I'm guessing because of their work together on Beverly Hills Cop. But well, I mean, I'm looking at Bress, uh Martin Bress filmography. He's and done like, nine things. He's done a bunch of shit that I know. I'm surprised you didn't bring up like uh, maybe not going in style, but like I've never what? heard of that. They made a remake of it, like I think called Going the Distance with like Morgan Freeman and Alan Arkin. Yeah, I still don't know it. Um He he did Fast Times at Ridgemont High. No, he didn't. He didn't direct it. Oh, it, it just says actor. Okay, you're right. He might have right. been he in, in it. Yeah, but he didn't direct it. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a apparently yeah, Amy, a Amy a Heckerling did that. That's right. Yeah, the director he directed in reverse order: Geely, Meet Joe Black, Scent of a Woman, Midnight Run, Beverly Hills Cop, an episode of Saturday Night Live, Going in Style, Hot Tomorrow, and Hot Dogs for Gogwin. I think is how you would say that. Yeah, the fact that he went, I mean, it's pretty funny how he went from Pacino and Son of a Woman to Pacino and Geely. I'm like, okay. And and you got Pitt in the middle with. Uh, with me, Joe uh, Black. Me, Joe Black. Which I, I don't know anybody who's actually met Joe Black. I don't know anybody who's seen that movie. I've never heard anything about it. I don't know what it's about. I know of it, and I knew Pitt was in it, but that's about the extent of what I know. It. I mean, the, the the cast looks interesting. You got Brad Pitt, Anthony Hopkins, and Jeffrey Tambor. I'm kind of sold right there. So. I, I'm curious enough to fucking yeah. check it out. Yeah, I'm not, um, when I say sold, I'm not buying it. I'll watch it if I can find it somewhere. But You know who... Uh, I thoroughly enjoy their performance in Beverly Hills Cop. Who's that? Steven Burkoff, the guy who played uh, Victor Malin, the villain. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was good. Dude, he always reminds me of like, like it's not the same voice, but it always reminds me of the guy who plays Brain in Pinky the Brain, uh, Maurice LaMarche. A little bit, yeah. It okay. just sounds kind of like a Orson Welles-esque voice. Without the booming timber. Yes, yes. Without the, the without the timber, I agree. Yeah. It's it's very much like you have the slightest idea who you are fucking with. Like it's <laughs> it's so it it's I the weird thing is is like I I know that voice because I had a customer at a previous job who who talked exactly like this, and it's so Hannibal Ector esque and creepy and. 
And this guy, like, he legit spoke like this. Mm. Not, 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 uh, fucking, uh, Stephen Burkhoff. This fucking customer was so, like, he claimed to be from New York, but he had, like, this weird English, borderline German accent. He's like, oh, no, I'm from New York. I, you could have been raised in New York, but you're not <laughs> from New York, motherfucker. I'm from New York by way of Liverpool. No, you're not. You're you're fucking you're from New York by way of Transylvania. Blah. So every time Did I've you heard say blah. blah. Every time I've heard Stephen Burgoff's fucking voice, especially in Beverly Hills Cop, I always think of this fucking customer and I'm like, you have no idea what the slightest you have. Okay. Like it's so you know, and apparently good... Stephen Burgoff fucking hated being in this movie. You you sound a bit like um uh, Jeremy Irons from Dire of the Vengeance too. The way you do that voice, that's it's from, wh- from which from which Di- movie? Dire of the Vengeance when he's playing oh. Simon. Yeah, it's very Simon. It's it's very yeah. I mean, Stephen Burgos' voice is almost like Jeremy Irons and like like a dash of Vincent Price. Yes, I could see. Yeah, yeah, that's with good... with, with fucking um. You know, brain. It's got like Maurice LaMarche all over it. I actually kind of want to see him. You know what I want to say? It's a, again, it's a bad movie, and I don't know that he would have wanted to do it, and he probably would have been too old from a reality perspective. But I'd love to have seen this guy play uh, Dracula in that, uh, the one that has uh, Keanu and. Um, oh, the Bram Stoker's Dracula yeah, with Gary Oldman. Yeah, instead of Oldman, have him be Dracula. Blah. Blah. <laughs> Um, I'm actually have, impressed that you get a good. I have crossed oceans to be with you. I uh, I'm actually impressed they get a Pesci in this, and it's not Joe. Who's what? What Pesci? Frank Pesci, the cigarette buyer. Who the fuck is is he? Is he like a relative? Oh, I have no idea. But his name's Frank Pesci. So all right, I mean, fucking yeah. Frank Pesci. Yeah. Good for you it, for it's being the lesser known Pesci. I it's spelled differently. It's spelled P E S P E S C E instead of C I. Oh, so that's Pesci. So yeah. Well, okay. But still. do you know what Pesci means? No. Fishes. Okay. So Joe Joe Pesci's name is Joe Fishes. Well, this is with the E, so... Well, it's probably like the... Oh, Joe Pesci, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, considering sure. how many times he slept with the fishes in his career, it works, you know. <laughs> Nicely thank done! You. Yes, thank you. Nicely um, fucking done. Yeah. Um, man, you're on a fucking roll here. <laughs> um, I also have to give credit to the villain of, of Beverly Hills Cop 2. And yes, there's, there's I, yeah, fucking yeah. Jürgen Jürgensen or whatever the fuck his name is. But let's be honest. This is fucking Brigitte's, Brigitte Nielsen's fucking movie. Yeah, no, for sure. And 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 this is this is the only other movie I've seen her in beyond Rocky Four that I and can Cre- remember. And Creed Two. Oh yeah, she makes an appearance. That's right. She comes back for that. But yeah, I'm I'm talking like well from that era. Let's go that way. <laughs> you know so. I mean, um, well, I guess she was in uh, what was it, Red Sonia? I didn't see that. It's like like Conan the uh, Barbarian, yeah, no, like yeah, yeah. spinoff. Yeah, but um, like, yeah, you know, from from the fucking woman who willingly <laughs> fucked Flavor Flav, you know, yes. <laughs> like yeah. Jesus Christ! I still can't, dude. The mid two thousands was a weird fucking time. Her first four movies. You ready mm. for this? You'll find this really interesting, I think. Okay. First four movies. Red Sonia, number one. 
Got it. Rocky Four, mm-hmm. number two, Cobra, and then Beverly Hills too. So I mentioned Stallone originally was supposed to do this. Whatever he, all the ideas he took that weren't that he wanted to do for Beverly Hills Cop, he went and made Cobra instead. So if you want to see his rendition or his basically his version of Beverly Hills Cop, go watch Cobra. And he was married to Brigitte Nielsen. Yep. So like the eighties is, uh, th- is just basically Stallone and Schwarzenegger and Brigitte Nielsen. By the way, I think it's Brigitte. It's not Brigitte. It's Brigitte. I've I've heard it as both. So yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Brigitte though. Um, that it's just that, not Bridget. We know that. It's no, not we, Bridget. yeah, it ain't, it ain't it ain't Bridget. It ain't Gidget. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Um. I I, I, I you good. I fucking the I'm not going to repeat the line that Eddie says after he first meets Brigitte. I don't remember the line, but it's fine. I'll, okay, I'll say it. I mean, I don't it's it's going to come off as offensive, but I'm repeating a You're line. You're repeating a line, yeah. She walks she walks away and he says that's a big bitch. Like Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what really sticks out for me is when he is standing on his tippy toes. Yes. Trying to try to, and get yeah. to her height. I actually, there, there's a line related that it's not, and I use the word offensive because I don't have a better way to put it, but it's not nearly as potentially offensive where he's talking to Rosewood and Taggart after the fact. And he goes, there's this six foot blonde woman over there. And he's like, it's Beverly Hills, man. You got to be a little more descriptive than a six foot blonde. Woman. Right. <laughs> I I thought that was funny. That that there, there's a whole ton of iconic lines in in this all three of these films. I mean, one of my favorites is when he I don't remember I don't remember which one it was. It might be the first one uh, where he gets a coke and the guy's like eight bucks. He's like for a coke. Yeah. He's like I get blown for eight dollars. Yes. And I use that line all the time whenever someone's like I I look at the bill and I'm like. What the fuck? Like, you're blown for this. Like, this is you ridiculous. Mean, you mean when you go to Carl's Jr. and get a, a primal burger? Oh, don't even <laughs> fucking get me started about that primal bullshit. <laughs> that was a primal fucking mistake. <laughs> and the the worst thing was that it was actually a decent burger. It just made me think of, like, this is what Arby's should be. And then after I made that post, Arby's announced they're making a fucking burger. See, yeah. I'm not just predicting deaths. I'm predicting fucking food. We'll stick to the food from now on, will you? Well, yeah, um, but this food will fucking cause some fucking death. Yeah, let's be honest. Too. That's true too. Um, I yeah, I just I, I'm trying to think of where to go with this too because it, you know the uh, the super cop scene in the first one. Super cop scene in the first one. No, where he, where he like, oh, you guys are super cops. Like he does that whole bit where he tries to amp up. Uh, Taggart and Rosewood, and then like Taggart fucks is like, no, actually, that's not what happened. Like, you know, oh, oh, at the, after they get done at the strip club, which by right. the way, uh, bit of trivia for everybody, and this is not from IMDb, this is from the extras. That's a real stripper on the pole, that's not an actress. Well, she's also the one who recommended they use Nasty Girl. I was getting to that. You, oh, just, I'm, I'm no, sorry, that's okay. Um, no, they actually, they had two songs in mind, and they mm-hmm. shot it twice. And Martin Brest ultimately made the final decision, but yes, she was the one that suggested 
Yeah, they're, Nasty yeah. Girl. Nasty Girl. But um, the Super Cop scene was completely improvised, and it was brought on to the fact that Eddie Murphy was notorious for not wanting to do any drinking or drugs. He was notorious for, like, all the energy. That's just pure Eddie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, but, listen, Eddie in the 80s, I, I'm not a big fan of the Doctor. Doctor Doolittle is, like, tolerable, but I'm not a big fan of the, the Nutty Professors. I'm not a fan of a lot of his, like, 90s early aughts stuff i'm really mm-hmm. not with the exception of beverly three which is technically or even 94. like shrek shrek yeah i mean that's a little more tolerable i think but as a whole i agree it's still not great um it's, he does better voice work than he does in acting at least recently like him as Donkey is pretty fucking good. Him he as did, fucking Mushu and Mulan is really entertaining. And actually, even in Coming to America too, despite how how the movie's not fantastic, he does fine as reprising Prince Akeem. Like I, he was not the problem with that film. There were a bunch of other problems. You know what I mean? Like yeah. My my point is that like he's not a bad actor. He just takes no. it. He just takes it to this level. Like even in um. What's that movie? We, we did Brooklyn and Vampire, or Vampire in Brooklyn for, um... Blah. Uh, yeah, but we did that back in October of last last year, and I, if you remember, I went into that expecting to fucking hate it, and yeah. I didn't hate it. I, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it, you know? And I hear I Golden mean, Child is really good, but I didn't see that, so I can't... We, we pretty much summed up Vampire in Brooklyn as basically like, it's coming to America, but with a vampire. It's yeah. almost verbatim. That's it's almost kind of, yeah. yeah. And but I and, su- and I hear Boomerang's half decent, but I've never seen Boomerang that, so. Boomerang is 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 not bad. It's it's one of those ones where you're like, okay, I see where he's going. I see what he's trying to do. It's entertaining. I enough, guess my but it's point is that, out loud. I guess my point is that Eddie doesn't need to be like so over the top to be good at what he does. And 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 Axel's a really good balance of that because you get those moments of like create like the Alistair Wall and some of the laughs and and you know, some of the other insanity he does, but then you also get some of the real more serious with hints of comedy in it that are really, really good. You know what I mean? Like, and just the overall sensitivity, like him reacting to Michael Tandino being yeah. murdered. Yeah. You know, and he goes in and, and confronts Victor Maitland and he's just like, you know, I'm you like, I know it was you, motherfucker, blah, blah, blah. And they throw him out a fucking window. But the whole super cop scene, because he was notoriously against drugs, but he was like falling. He was like fading really quickly trying to perform like uh film that scene and they tried to offer him some coffee and he didn't even drink coffee back then he like so he started taking small sips and because he had no tolerance for caffeine he all of a sudden had all this energy and basically wrote the he improvised the um super cop segment on the spot like he did a lot of improvisation because the way they described it like the screenplay was basically a cut and paste of a bunch of screenplays that didn't work. And they just said, they just put it all in. And if there was no scene, Eddie and, and fucking uh, Taggart and Rosewood just would work together. Right, and, and they work well together. I mean, they absolutely do, which is why, I mean, with, with all respect to Hector Elizondo, which I, I do like him, you know what I mean? As an actor, 
I was a little upset to see Ashton not there because right. I I liked him. And I mean, I know him from Manager of the I think it's called Manager of the Year off the look. Oh no, Little Big League is the name of the movie. Um it's a, a a story where a kid's grandfather is the owner of the Minnesota Twins baseball team and the grandfather dies in the off season mm. and leaves the team to the kid. And we're talking about John Ashton? Yeah. Okay. John Ashton was the manager of the Twins and the kid names himself manager and Ashton is kind of like his is like mentor through the whole Got movie. It. You know. Weirdly enough, I, I completely forgot, but he's also in Gone Baby Gone, which I was talking about earlier. He you plays, were, yeah. It's kind of like imagine what happened to Taggart if he just moved to Boston. Fair enough. It, Fair enough. it doesn't end well. No, well, that's sad. Um, but, you know, they missed some things. with like They definitely missed some things with the third one that they could have mm-hmm. done. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't I don't not acknowledge that. Like, I, I, I'm aware... You know, not having Bogomil, you know, or at least reference. They don't even reference him. It's like he was never even there. I thought he was in a photo in the background. You know, it's one of those things. Maybe, but like, not like, like Tiger Day, at least say he's in Phoenix retired. You know, at least they at least mention him, you know, so much so that I didn't even, until I went back and watched one and two for this, I didn't realize that it was a different character. Remember we talked earlier about how much. Uh, Flint resembles Tiger. I didn't even realize it wasn't the same guy. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know. I I think three again. I understand why three gets a bad rap because especially if you're going from like the grittier movies of one and two, which is true, they are grittier. They're still full of sure. comedy. Three is not as gritty it's very in your face colorful because it's at a fucking amusement park the irony you... though is that eddie's it's eddie has said that it was he went into it much more serious playing it more straight than he did the first two which i see that but do, do you know how eddie does his serious gun pose face when he's no. like aiming a gun yeah, at somebody yeah, yeah. do you know what yeah. he's no He's he's imitating Bruce Lee. Okay. He he said the only time I ever actively have imitating somebody on screen is when I have a gun in my hand. I'm imitating Bruce Lee. He said that on more than one occasion. Interesting. Um, did you happen to recognize a random ass cameo at a Disneyland esque amusement park in this movie? Oh, the Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that came out of fucking nowhere. I don't know. First off, Lucas in a movie. He's done a few. He's been in a handful. I mean, it's a handful. It's not a not lot. Full but... on like yeah. profile. Yeah. I mean, we know he was in Hook, but you don't actually see him as well as Carrie Fisher in Hook. We've talked about that. The fact that they play the kissing couple that Tinkerbell fucking like raises. But we, you never, you could, you would never tell, and the fact that all of a sudden, randomly, George Lucas is in this movie. I mean, for, you remember him in Men in Black? He's full on on camera there. Um, George Lucas is in the first Men in Black. Yeah, he's one of the aliens. Oh, he's on the, one of the aliens on the screen. Well, yeah. that okay, that's kind of that's that counts, but that's not what I was going for. I mean, like he's in the movie. And he says a line like Beverly Hills Cop 3 where he goes, hey, 
You know, the irony, do you know what his credit is in Beverly Hills Cop 3? Because it's not George Lucas. It's Angry Bystander or something? Gentle George is the name of the, the name of the, that's not the name of the character. The character is called Disappointed Man. His credit, it's. Is Gentle George? Gentle, Gentle George. Gentle George sounds like, uh, that's a weird name. What the fuck is John Landis and what are they, what are they doing? <laughs> what is John and George doing behind the cameras? They're, they're a little Apart close. from like exchanging beard color dyes. They're a little close. That's all I'm saying. Goodness. Do you want to but guess I, how many? Do you want to guess how many writing credits he has? Just since I have it here, George Lucas. Yeah, I doubt you'll get it. And I'm not saying that as a shot at you. I just think it's writing credits. Yeah, is that including like based on characters by? No, I, I don't. I don't. Uh, yes, yes, it does. Okay, yeah. so that would be every Star Wars medium. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so that's nine films. That uh, so that's nine main films, two spinoff films. If you include Solo and Rogue One, that's roughly so. That's Ewoks, Ewoks two. So you're not gonna, you're not gonna get, buddy. I love you, but you're not gonna get this. Uh, all right, ballpark. I'm gonna go twenty five. No, higher or lower? Way higher. Really? Yeah. 37. Not even close. Uh, uh, 1138. <laughs> Not that high, but nice. Okay. Nicely done. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you yeah. got that. I did get um, it. Um, okay. Want... I'll, 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 I'll give a real one. Um, 76. No. Not even close. Okay, what? 179. Have there been that many fucking Star Wars medium things? Yes, because they're including... They're including a whole bunch of unannounced or announced but not completed things so even if we take those out it's only like nine so we'll say 170 but okay they're counting all the episodes of mandalorian all the episodes of obi-wan all the episodes they're counting all oh, of so they're that counting them individually not just seasons and like shows and then they're counting everything lego ever so all the video games <laughs> all the everything lego ever <laughs> like, Plus all the young Indiana Jones chronicles, all of that. Yep, and then there's a bunch of stuff on here that's not Star Wars related. Well, oh, they are, but the things I've never heard of, like uh, Citizen Vader, uh, uh, the Rise of Joba Fett. I don't even know what that is. Uh, Mando Merck's five five oh. I mean, he's so, all like, like skits and like spoofs. Right. Like, yeah, I, yeah. Guess, I guess he's got like a writing credit for like Blue Harvest. Uh he might. I haven't seen it yet. What year did like, that ba- come out? Based on works of you know George Lucas. So, Do you yeah. remember briefly, so every single Star Wars spoof? Uh he even got he even gets writing credit on Star Tours. The thing that that tour that they had it. I think it was Universal Studios. Or I think was. he act- no, it was Disney. He okay. actually, I think, wrote that. Though I think he actually oh, did. He? did. Okay, well, yeah, uh, but, I think so. Okay, fair enough. But I mean, this, the Force Unleashed one and two. I'm seeing that on here. Yeah, yeah. You well, know, because so. he he approved that. So yeah, yeah. I all... mean, every everything that touches Vader and Luke and Yoda yeah, has got to yeah. basically at the time had to be approved by fucking Lucas. But even now, he still gets like story, you know, accredited to George Lucas. Right. So How I'm the, the, uh, yeah. It's just interesting to me that it was that many different 
pieces that he gets I, credit I, for. I, I, I really tried. I was really like, struggling. I know I'm you like, are. Oh, there's like, there's like 11 movies, and then I was, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, 11 well, movies and about 17 shows. Like, here, then, here, you know, probably. Here's a very good example of one you would have never thought of, Rico. And I'm not saying this is a shot of you, but you would have never thought of it. There's a TV short called Lego Star Wars The Padawan Menace. And that's one of his writing credits. Like, ironically you know, enough, I actually do know what that is. Okay, but you get the point that I'm. But I if get I the had, point. If yeah. I had said, "Pick that out of the list here," would you have said that? No, but there, I would have been there. that weird person, be like, "Oh, I know he wrote a movie called Red Tails." So, I mean, he even gets credit for uh, a Phineas and Ferb episode because they did a Star Wars movie. Yeah. yeah. So, I, meanwhile, you know, nobody's being like, "Oh, well, you know, American Graffiti." Uh, I think I saw that on here, actually. Well, yeah. that's his, that was his first real movie, but yeah. it's not like people are really referencing American Graffiti anymore. Actually, just I, just like, saw, I just saw something about that not that long ago about the, the car chase. It was a special effects thing uh, about the car chase in that movie. Ironically um, enough, at my, at my job, I cleaned up some American Graffiti. No, you know what it was? It was, it was the scene where... I don't know how do you have you seen I've never seen the movie, but I know this scene because of the thing yeah. I was watching. Did it was ironically on Mythbusters, um considering well, it was filmed our in, filmed in the Bay Area. It's filmed in the Bay Area. Well that's not the point. The point was that do you remember the scene where he um someone hooks a wire to the back axle of a cop car and the cop car takes off and it rips the back axle out of the cop car? They tested that on Mythbusters. So they were they were seeing huh. if that could be done and no it can't for what it's worth but yeah speaking of axel yes speaking of axels sorry i i just found that we, we we went down a bit of a rabbit hole there but uh dude we went into the fucking sarlacc pit <laughs> yeah we did yeah we did sorry sorry Kateri. um so not a, not a great birthday present uh i'm i'm i think we're doing okay yeah um, uh, do you think they should make a fourth one Let's go into that topic because apparently they're still trying to make a fourth. One. I, I, they've, been, yeah, they've been wanting to make a fourth one for like 20 years at this point. I, I think, I think it depends on a lot of stuff. I think it depends on who you get to, to direct it. I think it depends on who writes it. I think it's based on the, the, the theme. I think if you write it closer to two. Yeah. I think if you do it closer to what they did in two, two, two is here's what I'll say. Two to me is the most complete movie of the three. Mm-hmm. I I think one is the dirtier, grittier of the three. I think mm-hmm. three is the more comedic of the them, and I think mm-hmm. two is your happy balance. And so I think Spider Man Two of Beverly kind Hills of yeah Cowboys. yeah yeah that's a good way to put it. And if if you write another one like that and you get the right director, and and Eddie doesn't interfere too much, and I don't mean that necessarily the shot no but but like the the problem i've always had with eddie murphy is that eddie murphy thinks too highly of eddie murphy and doesn't know how to get out of his own way sometimes in terms of the creative process because he thinks he knows all you know what i mean at least that's how it comes across as an audience member maybe uh, maybe that's not how he is but that's how it definitely uh reads as someone watching from the outside so, he comes off a little bit a la Mike Myers, like of the constant character kind of. playing and it's not even and that. I, I, I said this. They were both both Eddie and Mike Myers were huge fans of Peter Sellers. And Peter right. Sellers was the one who played all the characters in all his movies. And 
and I, I don't think it's just that. I think I think it's not about the the multiple characters because when he does it right, it works. Mm-hmm. A la the first Coming to America. I think that works beautifully. But you that's know, a movie that came out thirty five years ago. I get that, but I'm saying the point is that when it's done right, he does it well. You know what right. I mean? So it it it's not about them, and he doesn't do that in any of these. He doesn't play anyone else but Axel Foley in right. in any of these. He kind of does in that he like puts on different accents to try to like con his way into different areas, but he doesn't. Right. But he doesn't play another character, and I'm fine he with that. He puts on the guise of playing right, exactly, character. and that works for the movie. You know, to me that that's never been a problem. I thought that right. always kind of played well. You know what I mean? Um, like when he's like the building inspector to steal the house for the week and different shit like that. You know what I mean? Like that all worked. Um. I don't know who you would get to do this. I, I'm trying well, to think. It was supposed to be Brett Ratner. And then, which on paper made sense based on all the work he had done for, uh, you know, Rush Hour 1, 2, and 3. Right. It made sense. Right. But now that Brett Ratner has basically been revealed as, you know, yeah. Harvey Jr. Yeah. In a roundabout way. Um. So who? Who? Well, they've already apparently they've already picked somebody. Okay, um, who did you hear? Because I have an I, idea I, of someone that should. I do don't it, remember but... who it was. It's not someone that I recognize. Um, I oh, and it was going to be a duo that did do something. I wonder if it's uh, the guys it, that did uh, Bad Boys Three because that was a duo. It, that it actually might be them. You you might actually be one hundred percent right. So let me see if you are. So it was announced that Mark Malloy would replace Adil Al Arbi and Bilal Falah, which I believe they are the ones that did Bad Boys for Life. You are okay. absolutely correct. All right. Um, I mean, that would be okay because they did fair. They did fine enough with that film, but I have a better pick. So currently, Mark Malloy is the guy who is going to direct it. Um. Well, I still have a better pick, I think, but he is essentially a new director. Like he has done a lot of commercials. He did a TV. He's an Australian guy, so shout Ringo. out to Australia. Um, he's done Super Bowl commercials. Um, do you want to yeah. hear my pick for who I think should do it? Go for it, Coogler. I'd I'd watch the fuck out of a Ryan Coogler directed Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, I would watch the fuck out of it, but I, uh, I'm i trying to imagine, like, if that would be, you know, I I think Ryan Coogler is now, at this point, is kind of more, like, it's almost beneath him. You think so? A little bit. Well, I mean. Because, let me, let me put it this way. Ryan Coogler didn't direct Rocky 7. He did Creed 1. No. He... No, I, I, I get that, but. But I mean, that just because I mean, I don't think that makes a difference. I th- I think it's a, it's a I mean, he went moved on from like Fruitvale Station. You know, I mean, if he, if this was Ryan Coogler before but, but Black Panther, wait, no, 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 I would no, no, agree. No. I think you're missing my point here. Like, I you need a healthy balance of action and comedy, and I feel like you 
and and I'm not talking. I never saw Fruitvale, so I don't know what that. I I know what there's, it is. There's but no it, comedy in it. Yeah, I didn't think so from what I know of it. And and Creed is all right to some degree, but I'm I'm basing it on Black Panther. Not I'm yeah. not saying you do it with T'Challa and all that. I'm not going that right, crazy. Right, right, but, right, right. But there's a healthy balance of action and comedy. There's some great lines between Napita Luongo and Chadwick Boseman in that in that movie. I mean, you know what I mean? It's true. It's true. And and not just not just those two, but you get the point I'm saying. Like there's some great lines in that you could do he could do it. And I don't think it's below him at all. And and honestly, with the reverence he seems to have for filmmaking and especially African Americans in film, I I would think Ryan Coogler would jump at the chance to make that movie if the script was right. I mean, I mean, there's 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 always factors, right? Like I'm not I'm not not saying he would just be like, okay, it's a black guy, I'm gonna do it. Like I'm not I'm not that right, you right, know. Right. But uh, but he I, would be the first black uh, director to do it though. In the franchise, yeah, for sure, right. and and I think, you know, my my concern would be him and Eddie getting along because I could see them butting heads. You know, that's my that would be my only concern with it. But I I I think Ryan Coogler would kill this movie in the best way possible. I I could definitely see it now that you know you you've convinced me. I think that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good choice. I would also go Jordan Peele. Because Jordan Peele yeah, is now a, like the de facto. That's another, yeah, that's another oh. great choice. I I can't argue that. I would also even say if you're gonna stay, um, if you're gonna stay white boy, just to stay with the trend of the franchise, uh, hand it off to to Max. Max Landis. Um, he did fine enough with Ghostbusters Afterlife. He would be fine with this. I think that's he not, do that, it. that wasn't Max Landis. That was um, that was Ivan Reitman's son. Oh, not, I got the Landis and the Reitmans. Yeah, Max is the guy that's fucking. Yeah, he fuck it. Fuck that guy. Yeah, Never mind. Yeah, I, fuck that guy. Yeah, no, I, no, no. We we want Jason Reitman. I agree with yeah, that. Okay, yeah, Jason Reitman. Yeah, that that's who I meant. I, I right. Just wanted to clarify. We're not going for the rapey fuck. We're going for the talented. <laughs> yes, fuck. thank you. Yes, You're my my apologies to the audience and anyone that might have slightly offended for a brief. Moment. Our apologies to fuck to Jason Reitman for confusing yeah, with Max 1, Landis. One thousand percent apologies to, to to him. Yeah. Um. um I, I that that's my honest to god opinion. Okay. I I, I, I have another one, and it's a comedy it. duo. Yep. Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Because they have had good... As I, I don't want them to be in them. As director, I didn't realize they did it. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They've, they have directed... Like, they did the interview. They did the world's... Uh, uh, this is the end. Which is a whole mix of comedy, action, big right, budget. Right, I've seen that. Things. Yeah. They've also moved on to, like, producing, like, comic book shows. Like, they... They're producers of Invincible, which is an animated, okay, great, like real adult comic book show. I think they're also producers for The Boys, which okay. is really yeah, fucking yeah. dark. I've not seen it, but um, I've seen enough about it. Yeah. They also did uh, Preacher. So like Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg have not have moved on from just oh those guys who wrote Superbad. They have now done their own movies. Which, by the way, there's a super bad moment, or not super bad, but um, 
The Cornetto trilogy, the second one. Oh, Hot Fuzz? Yes, there's a Hot Fuzz moment kind of in in 2, in Beverly Hills 2. You know, and where? Well, it's just, just Rosewood's a whole obsession with like that 80s cop movie thing. You where know? he basically fanboyed as Rambo. I, I saw it more as, it would, ironically, there's a Cobra poster on the wall. One of the posters on the wall is Cobra, but that's... It yeah, it almost was like, hey, we're going to really piss off Stallone and remind him that he fucked up walking away from this movie. Yeah. Um, I Just to get it out of the way, I don't think Edgar Wright should do... like I don't think he counts as a contender. No, because I, 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 I think yeah. it'd be compared to Hot Fuzz, and yeah. since the guy helped make Poke Fun so, at the 80s like yeah. movie... Cop drama, it wouldn't work. So, all right. So, so obviously, Rose uh, Reinhold's still alive. You could bring him back as Rosewood, but I think he's got to be the police chief at this point, or at least the the like the lieutenant of the the like. He can't be the guy running around with Axel. So you got to, or, or he's just a judge. Yeah, or he's just a judge. So you got to get a young guy to kind of run around with. Um, with Axel, I'll uh, putting Chris Rock in Lethal Four, but not. Not not rock, but I'm just saying in that same vein. And um, you know what? I don't want it to be like the gimmick of Axel's son. No, don't want that. No, 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 no. If if, if, if you're going to do a son, and I'm not saying you should, but if you're going to do a son, it's Rosewood's or Taggart's son. If anyone's, if it's anyone's offspring, it's got to be one of those, uh, one of those two guys. And you can't be, it can't be Bogle, uh, the Bogle other cat, because he had a daughter that we see in the second one. She could have had a son. I think she, I think I, he might, I guess the age would work possibly. Okay. You know, he'd be, you know, he'd be like maybe 19. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be a cop. Let's put it but that That's way. what I'm saying. Yeah. You need someone who's going to be, he'd, cop be, a, age, he'd so. be like in the Academy kind of shit. That's what I'm saying. I think you need someone slightly. And, and honestly, I, I know he's kind of the hot it boy right now, but I feel like Tom Holland would fit that role really well. Hmm. I can kind of Tom Holland for sure would play Rosewood's son. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah, I see that. That's why or I was like kind of going that Taggart's way. Taggart's yeah. grandson. Right. That that's where that kind of lines up for me, and I think plays well. And that's the guy you get running around with with Axel. You know. But you know what I want? I'm what? so tired of like young, thin, like in shape ones. If let's have like. Let's have like Josh Gad as like Taggart's fucking I, like grandson. I think he'd be too old though. Okay, well you get a. Uh, I know you what you're another... saying. You want like you want like a a, a early Rogan, a Seth Rogan or, or Josh Gad or like a Jonah Hill, like an early Jonah Hill. Yeah, I want I a it. fat fucking schlubby guy helping sol- solve a fucking crime, and have Eddie Murphy be like, you know. Pay attention and catch up, motherfucker. Well, I mean, that kind of, I mean, Tiger wasn't exactly the most in shape motherfucker, you know, on but the planet. But he was middle-aged, so. so I'm saying, like... No, no, but I'm have... just saying, so that, that works. I'm saying you don't have yeah. to have, like, some, you know, like, buffed out, you know... You don't You don't need Spider-Man. No, you don't need... I, I just think, I think, I think Tom Holland has more comedy chops than we've, we've gotten the opportunity to see up to this point, and that's why I think he could do it. That's the reason why I picked him out, but I'm not, I'm not against what you're saying at all. I, yeah, but I think Tom Holland's fucking gimmick is, 
is is perpetually looking confused while okay. everybody else what is about, doing other um, shit. I, I, he wouldn't be related to any of the characters, but the guy who plays Ned, have him do it. Okay. Yeah. He, he wouldn't be able to be related to Tiger to Rosewood unless it was like an adoption of some sort. But I'm saying otherwise. But from from the from the the character type that you're you're laying out to me here, then yeah. that would be well, no, because he lost a hundred pounds too. He's, I mean, yeah, but he was probably close to three, so he's not exactly like Tom Holland's felt. No. I don't know. Well, maybe he was a big dude. He was a big dude, but I mean, even when he lost weight, he was still a big dude. But I, I don't know. Well, same with maybe. Jonah. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just throwing out. I'm trying to think of young, young actors. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, we don't need like Marky Mark running around with him. And we don't need, you know, you, you don't need, I, I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I don't, you I, don't, you don't I, need, I'm with you. You don't need RDJ. You don't need Benedict Cumberbatch. I know I'm sticking in the Marvel, but you don't need, you don't need Oscar Isaacs running around with him. You know, like, I think no. he's too old. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe no, you, Adam Driver. Maybe Adam Driver. Oh, you want to make fucking Eddie Murphy look incredibly short? How, yeah, then have... Oh, you know what? Okay. Here's one that I can kind of weirdly get behind of, and it's going to be a out-of-left-field choice. Sure. Okay, so just bear with me. Yeah. He's too old... To go with what I'm talking about, and he's too in shape to go with what I'm talking about. Okay. But I kind of now want to see a movie where Daniel Radcliffe is like I'd actually the, be on for that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't necessarily need him to play a relative. No, he would be just the new Rosewood. He Rosewood would be the chief and he would just be the new guy on the force that's that's at that level that Rosewood would, would be was at at the time of the probably the second one, I would say. Right. Is is yeah, I, I I could buy that. I I listen. I think I think he's I think he's more talented than just Harry. I really do. I, oh, I, for I, sure. And and I don't think he gets enough credit. I I I, I have a name that just immediately came to me. The problem is the only thing I've ever seen him do is is dour stuff. So I'm concerned that he could pull it off because you need more lighthearted to mm-hmm. be in this movie. But Pattinson, I feel like I would be curious to see. I don't think Pattinson would do it, but I'll tell you who would. Who? Andrew Garfield. Yeah, I would see Andrew Garfield, I, and I would watch that, but I think he, he retired or something, didn't he? I thought I saw... Andrew Garfield? No, he's on a show right now. Okay, I thought I saw that he was like taking some time off, though. Maybe... He might be taking some time, but you know what? Okay, I have the answer. I honestly have the fucking answer, and it's I, like a I just, weird... I got another one, but go. I want to hear yours. It's a weird indirect thing to judge Reinhold. The kid who plays Tim Allen's son in the Santa Claus, who's essentially know. Judge Reinhold's stepson. Okay. You get him. I'm trying to fucking remember who the hell he is, but Well, I had another like, one, but it wouldn't be again, it wouldn't be a kid thing. It would just be the guy that's that's now on the force, right? So well, No, no, be, this this kid is now an adult. I no, mean, no, I'm saying my my other idea. Okay. Dano, Phil, get Dano. Phil, uh, uh, Paul Dano. Yeah, I see him as the villain. Really? It could, yeah, it could just be the fact that like the Riddlers. That's why I was giving him the other way around, get him to be a little more comedic, a little more lighthearted. But he's, and and I'm not saying anything on him as as a person, but he's not like he's not in shape, in shape. But he's not like a fat schlub either. He's kind of that in between. I think you know what I mean. So. All right, the actor I was talking about was Eric Lloyd. 
Yeah. Isn't that the guy yeah. who played Anakin? No, that's Hayden Christensen. No, I meant young Anakin, Phantom Menace. Oh, no, that's, that's Jake Lloyd. Oh, okay. I, you know what? I'd rather see Jake Lloyd in Beverly Hills Cop 4. <laughs> no. I'd rather see that kid get some fucking redemption. He's owed some fucking Did like, he go, redemption. like, nuts, though? And, like... like yeah. Like... But, I mean, he became... A, he pretty much became a schizophrenic. That's what I'm saying. But, like, yeah... But I mean, who knows? I mean, he was also bullied mercilessly. Oh, I know. He him. no, he unfair. He was unfairly treated. No, no questions about that. But yeah, we um, we all did that kid dirty. Like that was really no. Not, I no, don't don't lump me in that thing because I when, never when said, I'm saying we all, I mean like the collective world. Yeah, shot all over your fucking yeah. kid in, and a kid. And a kid. Um, but that could be that. Yeah, I. I I would see the shit out of that, but with I would really, for once, like to actually see maybe this is how you do it. You have some shit happen in Beverly Hills, but the climactic fucking Detroit. Big, yeah, the climax is in Detroit. So you have like you basically have Axel be like, no, I'm not going to Beverly Hills. Every time I go to fucking Beverly Hills, I destroy half the city. Some shit goes down. I'm chased by white women. I don't want to deal with this bullshit. It would actually be interesting if you had Rosewood and and the other guy come he, come to Detroit and that's and, what I'm saying. Yeah, it'd be interesting. The, I I don't know if you could call it Beverly Hills Cop three though, right? Or four? Yeah, but yeah, you could. You could. Yeah. I mean, they're making a fucking lethal weapon five. I mean, doesn't this thing this I mean, even if like Riggs and Murtaugh were not in it, you could still like have it. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they made a they made a show where Riggs wasn't even the fucking main character, and they still called it Lethal Weapon. He was. Yes, and then he replaced it. Right, but at least when the show was conceived and launched and and greenlit, it was Riggs. Like that's a thing. Like the only way, the only way that. I'm okay with a lethal weapon without Mel Gibson as Martin Riggs in it. Honestly, it's because they have a son in four. And it's mm-hmm. got to be, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. 20 years late. Like, it's actually got to be real time, which would be like 20 years later. And it's now his son is, you know, whatever. Mullet and all. What's that? Mullet and all. <laughs> Mullet or not, I don't care. But it's got to be his kid to be Lethal Weapon 5 and not be Riggs. It's just got, that's, that's the way I feel about it. And I feel the right. same kind of way about, I feel the same kind of way about like Die Hard. Do I think they should make a sixth one without even having seen the fifth one yet? I'm going to tell you no, but if you're going to do it, it can't be anyone and not be fucking, um, Bruce McLean. Floyd. Like it can't not be McLean, you know? Right. So, Speaking of, of random television adaptations, they did try desperately to make a Beverly Hills Cop Yeah, I think TV they even shot show. a pilot. I think they did shoot a pilot, but... They they filmed the pilot, and it was starring Brandon T. Jackson, who you might... I mean, I don't know what you've seen and what you haven't seen, but he's... Like, he was in the most recent Shaft movie. I don't know if you saw that. Nope. But he had a more extensive career in like the mid 2008s. So like he was in Tropic Thunder, 
Yeah, I'm looking at him right now. I, I have seen, you know what I have seen him in? You're going to laugh. I, I know you, because I think you're just going to be like, of all the fucking things you could have seen this motherfucker in. Percy Jackson? Yep. 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 And he, you know what? He's not bad in Percy Jackson. No, he's fine. Yeah. But that's the only thing this, I've seen him in. Oh, so no, wait. He, I, he, he Technically, he's in a Fast and the Furious movie. In what? Uh, Fast and Furious, so the fourth one. He's a BMW driver, so. Oh, you know what? I do remember him in that, but um. And he was in Eight Mile, apparently. As Uncredited, a baby, maybe. <laughs> no, he was. He's in one of the clubs that they go to. Um, so that means he's from. He, he's probably from Detroit. Uh, I'll tell you in a second. Yes, he is. So. That makes sense why he was cast as fucking Axel Jr. Because yeah. Beverly oh, Hills Cop I... was gonna be a it was gonna yeah. be an Axel Jr. movie. Okay. But Oh, you mean show? But yes, a show. Yeah. So Eddie Murphy filmed the pilot and he Eddie Murphy even said, like, as soon as I filmed, I ironically doomed the project. Because people are gonna be like, Oh yes, it's fucking Eddie Murphy, and then as soon as I'm not in it anymore, they're gonna walk away. Yeah. And he was right. But here's when it gets really fucking interesting. Did you ever watch the show Californication? No, I know of it, but I've never seen it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this is where this comes from. There was a show within the show. So Duchovny plays a writer, and he kind of gets hornswoggled into making a, a, uh, a TV show called Santa Monica Cop based on a Fair popular movie called Santa Monica Cop. And... Starring Brandon T. Jackson, like Brandon T. Jackson's playing basically himself to play Santa Monica, the TV series of a, of a popular movie, and it doesn't go well. And I'm like, this fucking poor guy, dude, like he just wants to be an actor and he's not a bad actor and blah, 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 blah. So you can bring Brandon T. Jackson in Beverly Hills Cop 4, but I'm kind of over the. You know, the hero has a son and they have to team up together because then he kind of did that with like Shaft. He played like Shaft's son in Shaft 3. So I'm, I'm kind uh, of over it. Um, So look, if and when they fucking make a a Beverly Hills Cop 4, I'll for sure see it. I'm intrigued enough. And if it goes like the root of of grittiness as two, then I'm into it. Um, yeah, I think it's got to be that happy medium because you do need some of the comedy. Like, that's the thing. Like, Jess brought up when we were talking to her about um, uh, the comedy factor when it comes to um, Lethal Weapon and how mm-hmm. it got more comedic. I, I feel very similar a concept thing going on with these movies, but it starts that way. Like, it didn't have to get there. Like, it started that way. So you can't go so... You can't make it a straight cop flick. You can't make it like a, a like a diehard. It's gotta it's keep not, that... It's not Cobra. Right. You can't... You can't do... It's not Gun Cop. You can't do that. You you have to... Or maybe it is. Maybe it's the Black maybe Gun Cop. Maybe it is. Maybe it is know? Gun Cop, yeah. Um, so, I don't know. You know. All right. You got any more to add? Uh, I feel like we should, but I, <laughs> I don't think I no, do. We, we've done a we've done a decent amount of talking. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, I think so. I, I listen. I, I, I do. I'm glad that Kateri. Oh, let's let's say this. I am glad Kateri suggested it. Um, I'm glad that we we did it. I'm no, we've been talking. We talked about. It, I think even before she said it, but then once she said it, it was like we definitely needed it to make it a thing. You know what I mean? You, like, you watch. Kateri's gonna come forward and be like, I never asked for this shit. What the fuck you guys no, talking she absolutely about? Absolutely like, did. I, um, I, I know, but like that'd be funny as fuck. Um. All right. Uh. So here are, my, here are my final thoughts. Before I go, I just want you two to know something, all right? The Super Cop story was working, okay? It was working, and you guys just messed it up, okay? I'm trying to figure you guys out, but I haven't yet, but it's cool. You fuck up a perfectly good lie. CJ here with some show information and a few thank yous. After I'm done, stay tuned for the Damn It, our very own post credit scene. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your smart speaker, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you enjoy the show as much as we hope you do, make sure to tell a friend where they can find us too. If you want to agree with or yell at us, follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. And like the show page, Podeskew Podcast, on Facebook. If you love music as much as I do, you should check out my alter ego, DJ Xanthus, on my radio show every Thursday from 9 p.m. to midnight-ish and Saturday from 10 p.m. to midnight-ish Eastern Standard Time at www.radio-airwaves.co.uk. I tend to run past midnight, hence the ish. Oh, and DJ Xanthus is on Twitter at DJ X-A-N-T-H-U-S. Make sure to follow that for show updates. We want to thank logo designer and show friend Mike for his work on our awesome logo. You can contact him for artwork via email at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. Check out tpublic.com slash if you want to display your love of the logo and Potescue. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for all original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons, all one word, and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you our next episode. Don't forget the damn it. <laughs> it's funny, you know. It's a good story. It's funny. You're a funny guy. <laughs>